This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, this is Rob Maji, and you're listening to Our Lifestyle Podcast. Yo, yo, as we get started, we want to thank our title sponsor, Scraping the Coast. You can visit scrapingthecoast.com for more information. Their next event, 22nd Annual, is going to be the last weekend in June. They haven't yet announced it for 2024, but rest assured, we will be out there. One of the biggest, baddest shows in the country. Get ready for more information coming soon on Scraping the Coast. Tap on the hashtag Scraping the Coast for more information. We appreciate the continued support of Custom Car Show Productions. Yo, 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 yo. It's ODB from Our Lifestyle Podcast, also known as OLP. Thanks for rocking with us so far this year. Many of you have been rocking with us for eight and a half years, and we can't thank you enough. If you're new and you're you're finding us this episode, please hit follow or subscribe on your device, however you're listening. If you're on YouTube, please click follow. Of course, we've got a jam-packed agenda. And kind of the overview of this episode, I want to, again, thank our title sponsor, Scraping the Coast. They have an event every June. And for those that don't know, Scraping the Coast is in the Mini Truck Hall of Fame. And uh, scrapingthecoast.com, you'll see more information We're basically about 190 days away. It's June 21st, 22nd, 23rd of 2024 in Biloxi. So on this episode, Miggity Mike, the mayor, he's out. I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. I am going to try to still call him. I'm going to still try to troll him and get him on the phone because you know how we do. He's trying to use like a comp. He says something about an OLP comp day that Hank gave him. So I'll talk more about that just in a little bit. Now, I'm going to talk about some of my best moments or memories, rather, entertainment, things like that, kind of a best of portion of 2023, and I'll talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing on our next episode here soon. Now, every year at this time, I want to do two things. I want to uh, wish Miggity Mike the Mayor a happy chronic miss, right? Is that how you say it? Christmas with chronic because Miggity Mike the Mayor was born on December 15th, which is the same day, ironically, that Dre dropped his debut album, The Chronic, back in Nine Deuce. So that is, uh, of course, I'm going to cover some key items that I love to talk about related to The Chronic. And, uh, you know, if you guys appreciate that, that's going to be in this episode as well. Now, lastly which we're going to go to here in just a moment, Uh, I'm going to call Randy Frederick. And I know some of you are going, hey, man, I've heard a lot from Randy. Well, Randy has been on this really epic run with Two Ballistic. And we're going to talk about some of those key updates and how it's going to impact going in to 2024. So we're going to call him here in just a minute, try to get him on the horn and talk to Randy for a little bit about what's going down and what you can do to try to help drive more mini trucks in print magazines. I know often you're sitting back and you're listening, you're working, you're doing whatnot, 
and you're thinking to myself, you, to yourself, like, hey, how can you help? Well, certainly you're going to be able to with this, whether you love Toyotas or not, whether you love the color or you don't, it doesn't really matter. We need everyone in the mini truck scene to go out and support this if at all possible. I know it's the holidays. Of course, you'll have a little bit of time more than likely after the holidays as well to support this. But, you know, we want to go out and we want to support what's uh, what Randy and I are going to talk about when I call him here in just a minute. That's kind of the overview, and I want to thank one of our uh, key partners, Hammered Weekend Wear, H-A-M-M-E-R-D, weekendwear.com. If you go out there right now, they have their uh, T-shirt, hoodie, banner, and uh, other merchandise available, but they also have subscriptions. So for the shirts, the hoodies, the banners, you can get a subscription for all of 2024, and what that does is that gives you every drop. So Maybe you're going, hey, I'm already buying all of these shirts. I love them all. They have great artwork. They have great art direction, if you will, from the Hammered team. You could save money by purchasing the subscription. Now, of course, the subscription is not cheap, but you're getting multiple things with it. So if you click on the shirts, you basically get all 12 designs, 12 front logo stickers. That's two brand new shirts every two months, and you save time over ordering individually. So, Hammered Weekend Wear, H-A-M-M-E-R-D, weekendwear.com for more information. With that being said, I want to jump in and kind of keep it fresh. We're going to call Randy Frederick now from Negative Camber, Florida, to check in with the big homie. Let's do it. Hey, hey, so as I mentioned, we're going to talk with Randy Frederick, no stranger to OLP, just got to say big ups, dude. SEMA was amazing. I know you're still on cloud nine. Oh, absolutely. It's a, It's been a whirlwind for sure, Jason. And, and not everyone knows when you gallivanted back east, you did make a detour to AZ, right? No, no. They they are in Oklahoma. Stillwater. Oklahoma. Yeah. Yep. We, we made a pit stop there uh, at the kicker headquarters. Uh, Tim Smith and, and those guys were nothing but absolute class act uh company and people to be honest with you and i don't know if everybody knows if i'm i think i'm correct in saying that kicker is the only privately owned speaker company left in the u.s if not the world amazing and one thing that i thought was awesome is they had you on as a guest if you guys go out there on kicker's youtube channel you could subscribe to it they do a lot of q a's and what was cool is they led in with a discussion with you about the truck that of course was one of their feature vehicles but they also were kind of giving people a sneak peek of a lot of their newer products. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and if you ever have the chance to go out to Stillwater, Oklahoma and tour the facility, they got uh, the owner, Steve Irby's Nash Metropolitan in there. They got several cars, demo cars, and they even have a history like a uh, museum of their product. It's amazing, man. That the whole building is amazing. Yeah, it's great stuff now. We know going back about six, seven, eight months now, this whole journey started. We, we've been fortunate enough here at OLP to really document, as some of your big homies have as well. And what was cool, if you think back to Mini Nats, there's this surprise debut. You knew it was coming, but obviously through a little bit of a swerve in the OLP booth, but you've been on this run. And I haven't been at every event because obviously I couldn't make East Tennessee Showdown this year, but... I've been very fortunate, very similar to when Charles Armstrong debuted uh, Time Machine. I've been able to be at a lot of the shows that uh, Tubalistic was at. 
and I know you're still kind of on cloud nine, just all the love you continue to get. Oh yeah. And I, I, it, it wouldn't have happened without my group of people. And plus you and Mike for pushing it, dude, you, you guys are, are right there. I consider you guys part of the crew. Uh, it's been, like I said, I don't, I can't remember the truck, you know, three magazines, SEMA. I mean, meeting, uh, Pat nickel meeting Steve Irby of kicker. I mean, I don't understand how I could even top this, uh, with another vehicle, to be honest. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that you can. And I love that statement, but here's something that people may not have seen. I know your wife, Sarah, shout out to her. She posted one of the videos about a week ago. Uh, talk to us briefly about meeting Pat Nichol and kind of the love that he showed. Oh, man. I mean, when we I first started this idea, Tribute Build, I had reached out to him and, and said, hey, this is my thoughts. And he gave me his blessing and said, hey, that sounds cool. Go ahead, whatever. And as it got you know closer to being done, I said, hey, are you going to be able to make it to SEMA? We're, you know, the truck's going to be there. I'd love to meet you in person. He goes, ah, no, we're not going to be able to make it. And no lie, Jay, probably within two weeks before SEMA, he hit me up and said, hey, me and the wife are coming out. And, dude, what a – you couldn't even ask for a nicer guy. And his wife was, you know, super nice. I mean, gave nothing but total compliments. And I don't know if people saw it, but he signed the inside of the glove box. And he signed some literature that hopefully I'm going to bring to certain shows and we'll auction it off for, you know, good causes. But the guy was class act, man, and just amazing, the whole full circle that this build and, and meeting people have come to. Yeah, folks, you can follow Pat Nichol. It's P-A-T-N-I-C-H-O-L-L. Uh, Pat posted uh, on November 2nd that uh, what a great time meeting Randy Frederick and his friends. So nice, felt like old friends. He built a beautiful ballistic. I love it all. And it was pretty cool because his, his lady, his wife, uh, shout out to her. She's got the the Ballistic Hall of Fame shirt on. And, of course, he's sitting in two ballistics. So, again, kind of a surreal moment. Oh, and it was really cool to see his uh, mini truck Hall of Fame ring, too. You know, put it on. And like, wow, maybe yeah. one day I might get lucky enough to get one of those. Who knows? But yeah. it, it was it was just awesome. Hells, yeah. Now, here's the cool thing. You mentioned the breakdown in the magazine. So, you know, for those scoring at home, you basically get a preview in Custom Trucks Mag. Then you get the feature in Custom Trucks Mag. You win part of the show-off series, which leads to what we're going to talk about in a minute with street trucks. And then, oh, by the way, talk to us about the other magazine that shot the truck at SEMA there at the convention center. Yeah, uh, Tim Smith of Kicker had hit me up and said, hey, uh, Gage Online Magazine or GageMagazine.com is where you can find it. They were interested in shooting your truck at SEMA. And I'm like, oh, man, that'd be cool. And he goes, yeah, they'll have a model and whatnot. I said, I'm down, you know. Good press is bad press is all good press, really, to be honest, you know. And uh, it was an honor for them to shoot it. Super nice guys. And it came out December this this month's issue of Gage Magazine, you can find it online, and you can actually order a, uh, a printed version. Now, mind you, uh, to buy the subscription online is $5, and then if you buy the magazine with the subscription, it's $31, right? I mean, it's a little pricey, but from what I've been told, the magazine's very high-quality paper, and I'm awaiting to uh, get receive mine in the mail. So, yeah, you could, it's definitely it's the cover uh, of Gage Magazine, December 2023. Yeah, and shout out to Gage again. We don't we don't give them enough love, in my opinion. Uh, on Instagram, they've got forty four going on forty five thousand followers. It's Gage Mag, and then of course, as Randy mentioned, if you go to Gage 
magazine.com, just how it sounds on the right side, you're going to see that offering there. Now, ironically enough, it looks like it's issue 300 for them, which is just insane. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah, and to Randy's point, although you know you may go, hey, it's a little bit pricey, uh, the good thing is, again, you can download uh, for cheaper the digital version. If you go with the printed version, it's going to kind of be like a coffee-type uh, book, you know, coffee table type book. But oh, by the way, you know, you think about the collectability of t- certain things in this truck. I mean, Randy, you know that original mini truck and magazine, January 9 tray, that thing is hard to get your hands on now. So who knows where the gauge mag will be in 30 years? I hope to see it. I hope I live that long. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Now, we got to give huge props. Again, I want you to tell kind of how this went down, but basically it's it kind of starts with the show-off series in Florida, right? Yep, yep. It started off there with uh, winning that. I can't say thank you enough to Mike Alexander and Brandon Burrell and Street Trucks Magazine and uh, Chris Hamilton. Yeah, it's good stuff. And here's the crazy thing, right? So we've hinted at this, and you know, I think like some people didn't know, some people maybe didn't put two and two together, but the bottom line is because those guys went to bat to say, hey, this truck wins this event, that basically automatically patches you in for a cover. That it did, and, and, and the, the excuse I always kept getting was many trucks don't sell magazines, and for all you people out there, I want you to, as soon as the magazine gets to the newsstand, please buy it. Let's show these guys at street trucks, not, you know, not just because my truck's on the cover, but it's a mini truck. Mini trucks sell magazines. We got to show them, hey, it sells. This is what, you know, you just got to have the right type of mini truck or quality on there to sell it. And I just want this, this magazine to break all the records. 100%. And Randy, you know, I'm with you because, you know, don't be that person that kind of says, well, you know, I'm not into pink trucks or I'm not a Toyota guy or whatever. Bottom line, Randy laid it down, period, point blank. Go out there and buy it because, listen, if this truck is as much exposure as it's gotten, right, arguably there's not another mini truck in I don't know how long that's gotten the exposure from a fresh build that this one has, right, magazine, press-wise, SEMA, all of that. If this one can't make those sales fly off the stands, hear me out. We may not see many more mini trucks on the cover, ain't that right, Randy? Oh, that's that's for sure. And and really, there's I know of too many trucks waiting in the wings to see how well this issue sells. So, like I said, I can't stress it enough. Buy a copy. Buy a copy for your friend. Buy a Christmas gift, a birthday, whatever. Just make sure we're buying the issues off the newsstand. If you don't have a subscription, hell, if you do, if you don't, you need to go get one, right? Because I think it's too late now to get a subscription to get this issue. So you're going to have to buy it off the newsstand. Oh yeah. Now there's a couple things we want to reinforce. If you get an opportunity and you're one of these guys or ladies at a computer, go to Motortopia. M O T O R Topia T O P I A dot com. Scroll down to November 29th. Click on that link, Jan Cover Reveal Mini Truck and Throwback, okay? Now, Chris Hamilton posted this. Uh, You get a chance to see the cover. Um, There's going to be a little bit of spin on that, which we might talk about on this episode. But what I want people to know is go out there and show the worth that we are from a mini trucker standpoint, right, or the truck community. We want, when they look at the analytics and they go, wow, well, how many clicks did this get? Oh, I got zero clicks. That's not going to give them the reassurance of, hey, we need to do this again. Go to Motortopia.com, 
scroll down, click the link, show them you're going to it. And oh, by the way, copy it and share it to Facebook or however you do it. Let's continue this kind of the steamrolling, if you will, if we can, to, to keep this in the press. Jay, I don't know if you've looked. Um, you can go back in the previous covers on that Motortopia and see how many clicks uh, that actual cover has gotten. And I'm trying to find it. Uh, I think we're my, the cover is over 2,000 right now compared to some that have been out months and don't even have 2,000. So I think it's doing very well. You know, and I, I I just can't say thank you enough to Burrell to, to the way he did the cover to mimic the mini trucking cover. I mean, it, it was it was amazing, you know. Yeah, I want to talk so, about that now because we, we've kind of we've kind of kept this under wraps a little bit um, back in September. Uh, talk to us how it went down again. Tip of the cap to Brandon Burrell. He had mini trucking covers under his his belt, so to speak. Tons of other publications. But talk to us a little bit about how it came down and even how Tim came in the fold to help find the location. Yeah, uh, from the word jump, I had, I had discussed it with you, I think, previous, that how cool would it be to recreate that cover, right? To have a model and this and that, because I can't remember the last time street trucks, if ever, had a model on their cover. And I could be wrong, but I was like, how cool would that be to recreate that with this truck? And my wife even threw in, well, let's i'll do you one better how about let's get our daughter on the cover i'm like oh that'd be cool you know and i ran it by burrell at the street truck show i said hey i brought my daughter and i said hey what do you think he goes well what am i gonna say you're standing right here you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> right right so you know we went we searched the bucket we searched the license plate frame um we found a bikini that matched the original color of the you know the bikini and it, it it couldn't happen better. And then better yet, I put a, a, a bolo, a be on the lookout for a neighborhood driveway that kind of looked like that. And my buddy and best friend, Tim Gilbert, he says, Hey, I got a neighbor in my neighborhood that has a driveway that looks like that. So we went over there. Tim's wife, Dawn went over there and asked and they said, Oh yeah, absolutely. Come to find out he's a car guy him and his wife were there the whole time the photo shoot went down. They were super nice. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better day and a better group of people, you know, th for them to spend the whole day at their house. And we took up their whole driveway, you know, to photo shoot this. It was, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. And what's pretty cool, and I haven't really talked enough about it, in the December issue was – was Maddie Shulman's truck, right? And it tied into the the red color. So when Brandon was down here, he was able to kind of line both of those up. Now, I haven't gotten my issue. That's why I haven't chatted about it yet. But um, what was cool to me is it shows Brandon's commitment. Although, you know, Chris and team are in Florida, you know, Brandon's not, you know, and he made the Trek uh, Burrell images on Instagram. He has a YouTube channel as well. But to me, that was pretty awesome to see him come down here and make it happen. Well, yeah, and Mike Alexander and Burrell, since they saw the truck at Minimats, they both said this truck deserves to be covered. You know, they get it. They they understood what ballistic meant to the scene as far as everybody loved that truck, right? And I just wanted to pay homage to that truck and hopefully did well. And from everybody that I've talked to said I knocked it out of the park. Dude. And Again, couldn't have done it without my crew, without my wife, without my kid. You know what I mean? It, it's It's been a run, and I don't think I could ever replicate it, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I'll tell you this. It's been since May 2009 when we saw um, Last Look and Time Machine appears on the cover when Ernie, rest in peace, shoots it. And we basically kind of have that old school vibe um, where the reason why I'm correlating that in is because of the hose, right? So what I want people to know is when you look at this cover on Motortopia's website, Randy pointed it out. You've got this wash bucket with the street truck sticker. You've got a street truck sticker on the license plate and the hose laying down there, which is awesome. But oh, by the way, I tell you what, one of my favorite things, your daughter, she looks great on the cover, but I tell you what, those Colorado custom wheels, man. I know Michael and team were smiling, weren't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They've been sharing the heck out of uh, the post, you know, on their Instagram and, and Facebook. I, I couldn't say thank you enough to Michael and team at Colorado. They did an amazing job with the wheels and the steering wheel, you know, and it, it took a village. Now, my intel that day said that, you know, you were telling your daughter, don't get too many suds on the chrome windshield wipers because you didn't want to have to repolish them. <laughs> oh, the, the iconic chrome $1,900 windshield wipers. Yeah, that was courtesy of a chrome shop out in Texas. Oh, yeah. It wasn't oh, just yeah. for one set. It was for three sets, mind you. But, yeah, I about swallow, you know, swallowed. I uh, couldn't swallow when uh, he told me the price. But, yep. you know, and I get – I get ribbed by Eric Felber and, and Brian Brubaker, all the all the all my supposed buddies, right? But they love ribbing me about it. Oh, so yeah. now here's what I'll tell you: when you go to Motortopia.com and you look at this, um, you can scroll down. Brandon and team, they placed an image there to show uh, Rhonda Coke and um, a ballistic. I believe is how you pronounce her name, K O C H. Now, when you scroll up and you look at um, how well that Brandon nailed this, you know, the garage door and all of that stuff just looks so iconic to me. That was, which is also cool. We got to give a nod to uh, Craig Raleigh. Um, now on the original cover, January 93 for mini truck and different publication, they pretty much got it down to a T. There was of course a dancing bed in the upper right corner, but what Brandon and team went as far as doing is putting that purple and kind of silverish truck. It was an OBS, but certainly, when you really compare it, man, Brandon Burrell, listen, tip of the cap, it couldn't have been any better. No, and just I love how they use the you know the two ballistic, how it has like a rainbow color fade. I mean, if you look at it, it just looks just like the other one. Besides, I've heard some grumblings. Oh, he has a hood on there. Well, believe me. It wasn't nothing because I was trying to hide anything underneath the hood. It's just if you talk to my boy Eric, the bolts had to go in a specific way. It was a whole rigmarole. If Eric was there, we would have had no hood on the photo on the cover. But my boy wasn't there, and I I wasn't about ready to chip or or damage the paint. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're not trying to flex too hard on guys. You know what I mean? In the ladies, right? <laughs> I mean, you got to hold back a little bit, right? Because I mean, well, even, remember, even the woo, you know, he had to hold those back sometime. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I was already the the the, the sud fluffer there. You know? Right. Why am I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be careful, you're going to end up with a new nickname, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, th that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> now, listen, I know Randy mentioned this, but here's the other key thing. So some of you, I totally get this, right? You're going to go around and go, yo, Jay, yo, Randy, I can't find it. We know the print industry is a little bit different than it was 30-plus years ago, okay? But fear not, if you're uh, an every-episode listener, when Brandon Burrell was on, and he was on our SEMA 
episode, right? Boots on the ground in Vegas. He mentioned you can go to streettrucksmag.com. Keep me honest, Randy. And we're going to be able to, per- they'll be able to purchase an issue for the same price and have it shipped. Absolutely. That's my understanding from Burrell was you could go on the, the website and order an issue. You pay cover price and they'll ship it to your house for free. Yep. That was my understanding. Yeah, streettrucksmag.com, the upper kind of middle three quarters of the way over, you're going to see shop and then you're going to see subscribe or single issues. Okay, if you click on single issues, guess what? You can select Street Trucks January 2024. It says pre order. This magazine will be delivered in seven working days, not seven weeks, on um, of the sale date, which is December. 26. All right. This is the first time we're, we're, we're sharing this. Again, it's going to be on sale right after Christmas. But if you cannot find it in your town or your city, don't waste the Petro driving around, right? Randy, just hit up streettrucksmag.com. Yeah, go to streettrucksmag.com and order it, and it'll be with your to your house, I would say, within a week or so. Now, I don't want to give this away, but I'm going to tell everyone, when you look at the Motortopia uh, post, and then you go to streettrucksmag.com where I'm telling you to go to buy it, you're going to see a slight difference. We don't want to tell them, but they're going to see a slight difference in the cover. So again, go to streettrucksmag.com, shop, single issues, and you'll see what the actual cover will look like. Again, Motortopia has a preview as well. Randy, it's pretty cool that they still did it, and I got to tip my cap to your daughter, your awesome wife. You guys got a great family, and uh, it looks so good, man. No, I couldn't, I, Jason. I couldn't be happier, man, uh, at all. I, I just, I, I'm speechless, and that's hard to do. Right? You know we me. know that. We know that. We we know that. <laughs> now, listen. We got to give one more shout out, right? What do you think of the casting characters? I know Eric still gives you a hard time about the front license plate, right? You might have yep. to go top ropes on Felber, right? I know you got them. <laughs> but when you think of the entire team, right? The cast of characters, many of those guys and ladies we had on. I know you want to do a real homie roll call again. Yeah, if you don't mind, it might take a minute. I, sure. I apologize for always uh, thanking these guys, but I, I kid you not, if it wasn't for these cast of characters and ladies and gentlemen, the truck wouldn't be what it is today. Um, I can't say thank you enough to Jason Ballard, Mike Murray from OLP, the LCD guys, Shay, uh, LCM, Farva, all those guys, I mean, just hyping up the truck and doing what you guys do best. And as far as the people working on and I can't say thank you enough to Michael at Colorado Customs and their crew and, and Tim Smith and Kicker for what they did for SEMA and, and before SEMA. Um, Matt Reynolds, Eric Felber, Fred Hebron, Steve Hansen, Nick Daly, Paul Davis, Chad Gill, Eric Nash, Amanda Reynolds, uh, April Hebron, Adrian Hansen, Mickey Coglin, uh, Kevin Carroll at BSF, BASF, and Mark Grinley at BASF, Tommy and Laura Warwick, Jason Wolfgang, John and Heather Yoakum, Pete Ryberg, Chad uh, Wages at 12 West Detail, Wesley Day, Ryan Hebron, Jimmy Fisher, which he really didn't do too much. I'm going to be honest. I just got, <laughs> I felt guilty. I got to throw him in there. Uh, Shane Lewis, Brian Baker, Tanner Lewis, Corbin Lewis, Greg Ludwig, Nate Doyle, Steve Smith, Eddie Burkharder. Burkholder. I mean, again, thank you again, Jay, for allowing me to come on here and spew all those names, but I, I just feel I can't give these guys enough credit for what they've done to make the truck the way it is. And Pat Nickel from coming out to Vegas, you know, and BJ 
from Ohio camber. I don't want to butcher his last name. He did the inscription on the horn button. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Uh, the Ron all horn button. I, I, I sometimes forget him and I almost forgot again, Chris Lancaster for building from uh, the garage Orlando, my stereo guy and Terry Lancaster, his wife for building the center console and the truck. Because again, it took a whole cast of characters to build this, uh, beautiful truck and when i say beautiful it's beautiful i mean from top to bottom nothing has been left alone and, and a lot of hard nights and and again guys these guys and ladies did this stuff on weekends this is not their normal job they do this for fun they do this to hook up their friends and uh again jason i can't say thank you enough for giving me the time to allow you to allow me to thank these guys because there's not enough thank yous from me to them that i could say that in my mind you know what i mean I love it. Randy's over here running this stuff like Suge, and he's going, all you other truck club and mini truckers all dancing in the videos, come to NC Florida because <laughs> it's going down, right? But in all yeah. seriousness, <laughs> I love it. In all seriousness, th this is the coolest thing. And I know some people are going, man, you guys have talked a lot about this truck. If you want to get the truck on a shirt, we've got to give a huge shout-out to our homies at Mini Trucker. Uh, with an ass. Oh, Mini Truckers Union. Yeah, Mini Truckers Union. Um, yep, you know, yep. Go out Jason there, Bell. Yeah, buy the shirt. And here, here's why we're giving all the love, right? Because, listen, a lot of trucks are built, right? And a lot of us, we're, get, we're getting to a certain age where so many people will tell you that, you know, they'll point at that cover and go, that was the truck, man. That reeled me in. That color, it was so low, no hood. Whatever it was, maybe it was Rhonda on the cover, right, the top or whatever, you know, Pat captured so much, and like you said, you gave love to him. But what that means is, like, thirty years later, we're in a different place. And I'm telling you, the the um, the energy that you've captured with this build, you know, again, it's not to take anything away from anybody else out there. It's just you've really been on a run for eight months, and uh, of course, I was looking back at photos the other day, and it was uh, December of 2021. You sent me some of the images from, and I'm going to post it. Uh, there's a video of the uh, Colorado Custom cutting the wheel faces. You know, December, I think, 2021, man. It's just crazy. Yeah, I was in the hospital with COVID right about that time. <laughs> yeah, yep, I think I remember so, that. And like you said, Jay, we're not getting any younger, right? Just look what happened. Rest in peace to Josh Pascal. If I, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly from RA. I mean, the, the dude was 37, maybe rest in peace, but we're not getting any younger, man. And it's just, you know, just got to enjoy it while we're here. Oh, yeah. MiniTruckersUnion.com. Again, shout out to Jay Bell. We love Mini Nats. Of course, he's behind that as well. But if you go out there and you want to get the special edition Southeast Mini Trucking Nats shirt, uh, it's a really good one. Of course, Graphic Disorder knocked it out of the park. Man, listen, Eric Felber, the entire team, I've got a chance to know you guys even better than I did. I'm happy to call you guys homies and friends and chicas and all that. And uh, I tell you what, man. It's been a hell of a run. It's not over yet, and we wish you all the success, Randy. No, thank you so much, Jay, and I love what you're doing and what everybody's doing to keep the scene alive. Like I said, run out there and buy uh, street trucks. Let's show them many trucks do sell magazines. Yep, streettrucksmag.com. You can order them. Gage Magazine as well. Check them out. We're going to get sideways in the 2024, brother, and it's going to get just crazier. So everyone be safe. And thanks, Randy, so much for your time, my brother. No, thank you, sir. We're out you. Ah, dude, it's always awesome talking with Randy. Now, one thing I forgot to mention, I just realized this. I just hung up with him on Motortopia 
YouTube channel, you can watch uh, behind-the-scenes video. So know this. If you're on YouTube, this stuff is free, and it's great content. Uh, what Street Trucks is doing with their Motortopia brand is they're essentially bringing a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes content from these feature shoots. So if you go on YouTube and you type in Motortopia, just how it sounds, you're going to see, for instance, a 93 Sonoma with a 2012 Colorado front clip, insane car audio at SEMA. You're going to see many trucks and bikini models like the old days. Again, that's Randy's truck there, and it kind of helps tell that story, and it's only uh, just about nine and a half minutes, so just a hair under 10 minutes, rather. Go out there, like we said, show some love, order the magazine, even if you just get one issue, if you're going to be like me, maybe you're going to double up, and also check out the Motortopia. What we want to do is we want to flood street trucks and go, look, we love all trucks. You know, there's classic trucks, there's C10 trucks, there's OBS, there's kind of full-size genre, there's the lifted stuff. There's a lot of different genres of the truck scene, but as we know, we love talking about it all, but we are your mini trucking headquarters, and what we want to do is drive the message to the folks at Engaged Media, including Brandon Burrell and some of his bosses and the people he talks with on his calls and say, hey, you know what? We gambled. But we gambled big, and let's show them if they gamble big, it's going to pay off, okay? Now, hear me out. If it flops, Brandon's not going to be able to go back, which I don't think it will, but Brandon's not going to be able to go back and really try to muscle and say, hey, you know, flag in the ground, you know, line in the sand, mini trucks are nothing, right? So listen, he needs all of us to go out, Many of you are excited like I am with Mini Truck and Magazine coming back. And certainly we're super excited. We're going to talk a lot about that. But let's also do what we can for this publication that's getting ready to celebrate the 25th anniversary this year. So, again, Randy, thank you so much. Do me a favor. Go buy the issue. Go on Motortopia and stream that nine and a half, almost ten minute video. Mini Trucks and Bikini Models. Okay, now we're going to jump into the general updates. Now, Biggity Mike, the mayor, like I said, he is out. The reason being is, number one, he kind of had a medical thing going on with Monday. Not a bad thing, like a proactive thing. Then he was going back to work on Tuesday, and it's been crazy playing Santa Claus. Wednesday, Biggity Mike, the mayor, uh, his his awesome gal, as I'll call her, right, his his girl, Shannon, a.k.a. Mrs. Mayor, really holding down the fort down in Naples. Mike's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Let's be awesome. Or let's be, um, you know, let's 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 be truthful. Mike's a lot of smoke and mirrors, but Shannon's over there shipping out the orders, doing the damn thing. We got to give her a lot of credit. But at the t- today, uh, the day of her re- uh, day of this recording, rather, it's her born day. So huge shout out to Shannon, a.k.a. Mrs. Mayor. They're getting ready for Eastbound Get Down. They're going to probably party. I heard Hank's in town. They're going to get crazy. And Biggity Mike, the mayor, I'm going to remind everybody on Friday when this drops, his born day is 12-15. Again, it coincides. You can't make this stuff up. He was born the day the chronic dropped. I was born the day that Doggy Style dropped on 11-23. So, hey, it's destiny, if you ask me. So, again, Mike is out right now, as I mentioned. 
Now, hey, quick general update for me this week. I mean, on Monday, I was going into work, went to Panera Bread in the morning, got some breakfast, got back in the car, and I was driving my wife's car that day to work, and the battery was dead. I mean, it wouldn't do anything. Now, the ironic thing is I could kind of tell over the past little while the battery was sounding a little weak, took my power probe, stuck it on that bad boy. I'm like, hmm, over 12 volts, not bad. Start the car, over 14 volts, good to go, right? Eh, sounds a little weak, I'll be fine. Well, it got a little chilly in Florida, not as cold as where it's at in other places. Came back in the car, wouldn't even fire over. I think the old me, when I got super frustrated, you know, it's Monday, coming off the long, you know, kind of a long weekend for me because I had Friday off, and it's a little chilly out, and just get frustrated, right? Nah, man. I just said, hey, what do I got to do to fix it? You know, call the wife, she comes, picks me up, grabbed another battery, throw it in, boom. Before you know it, I was back on the road to work and got there almost on time. So... My feedback to everybody, especially during the holiday season, it's so easy to get ticked off. You know, someone cuts you off. You know, someone says something to you. You get frustrated, employees or your boss or whatever. Just, man, play it cool because someone once told me many years ago, and I'm sure you've heard this before, when you think about, like, something that's frustrating you right now, if you're going to forget that in 24 hours or a week or a month or, let's say, a year down the road, is it even worth getting frustrated over? In my opinion, not really. So that's one of my general updates. I just want to share that with you all. Now, I want to talk about some of the best ofs, and we're not going to cover on this episode the best truck, the best show. We're going to really delve into that on the next episode. Reason being is we agreed this year to have a show bi-weekly, right? So we went four years straight of every Friday. And it was time for us to kind of fall back a little bit and do bi-weekly. And it worked out really well for this year. So we're going to have our final show of the year in two weeks. We're still planning to get through all of that. And on this episode, I had intended to talk to Mike. But, you know, Mike doesn't, he, he doesn't even, you know, in his mind, he probably didn't even watch any movies this year. You know, so he's not even going to be able to kind of dabble in this conversation, in my opinion. But... Uh, when I talk about my best movie or my favorite movie, I was so excited to see Indy 5 is what I'll call it, uh, Dial of Destiny. I know at the box office, it didn't do the best. I thought it was going to do more. Of course, like Top Gun had so much success and other movies. I mean, hell, even the Barbie movie, I think, did over a billy at the box office, so over a billion. But I was so excited to see Indy 5. And what was cool is when we went, it was my wife, my son, my father-in-law and my wife's grandfather, uh, he's, of course, in his 90s, and we just had a blast. You know, we bought all the tickets. We went to uh, AMC, and we just did the damn thing, and it was great to see the film. I didn't watch a lot of the spoilers. Um, kind of knew from the title what to expect, but certainly I think uh, Mangold did a great job directing it, and it just came out awesome. So I would say Indy 5 was probably my favorite movie of the year. Now, I did not see, like my son did, Oppenheimer in the movies, so to speak. We bought it digitally after it came out. And I'll tell you this, great movie. I can see now why my son loved it. I mean, he's 18 now. Uh, and so many, why so many people did love that movie, of course. You got to check it out. I mean, historical pieces to it. 
uh, amazing director of that film, and it, it, there's a lot of history there, right? And I think a lot of people don't even know a lot about the guy. So it was definitely a great story, great film, so check it out. Uh, I know it's also been selling super well on like Blu-ray and whatnot, uh, the whole 4K stuff, because ironically enough, you know, digital media is is kind of just taken over. You know, not as many people are going to the stores, and I think even Best Buy and Target and Walmart have all kind of announced that they're going to continue to slim down the the digital or the uh, physical media. So I think Oppenheimer is one of those films where if you've got that 4K set up and you've got that nice TV, I mean, streaming's awesome, but if you want it in the clearest form, you got to end up buying the Blu-ray. And I haven't gotten that yet because uh, I need to get some new stuff. Uh, we got a newer TV, but I can tell you, no matter where, however you watch it, digitally or through the 4K, it's it's super sick, awesome film. Now, from a documentary standpoint, I'm going to throw this in as well. If you have access to Hulu and you love hip hop, you got to check out Dear um, Mama, which is the uh, Hulu series that uh, ties in QD3, which is Quincy Jones the third. Now he follows me on Instagram. He's produced tracks for Tupac and. He's really just, uh, you know, I've tagged him a couple times, so I think he followed me one time. But um, he's involved in it, I, as in a lot of other people. And um, there's five episodes, and it, it talks about the origins of Tupac and kind of his mom and the political stuff she was in, involved in. I think there's a lot of things that people don't realize about that family. I think people sometimes typecast him and say, hey, he was in this movie, Jew, so then he kind of became that character and that's you know why he became who he became. But you know certainly, like Tupac once said, you can't take one little piece of his life and, and say, hey, this is you know who you are. You know you got to look at the entire thing. And certainly he did some things that maybe question you know m- make people question like, hey, his character and whatnot. But certainly if you watch the series, I mean it's just mind blowing, super awesome. And uh, it's on FX. You might be able to get a month free. And um, I think soon Disney Plus and Hulu and ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus are all going to merge. But regardless, the Dear Mama series on FX, which is available through Hulu, gets kind of confusing, is definitely worth it. So check it out. All right. So next, my favorite album. So, man, you know, it's hard to say when you look up 2023 hip hop um, albums. I don't listen to a lot of new music, and it's not to diss the new music. It's just kind of not my style, so to speak. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that comes out, and I kind of pretty much check it out. I, I check out everything because it most of it pops up in my Spotify, which I'm a big Spotify user. But uh, I will tell you, I, I was happy to see, and I know many of you are going to laugh at this, but Snoop Dogg, they re-released Doggy Style in the 30th anniversary deal. Now, I think they kind of flubbed this up a little bit because there's a 30th anniversary box set, and it differs from the 30th anniversary regular non-box set, which I'm going to do a video on via YouTube to kind of break that down. It's kind of mind-blowing how maybe they wait so long and they go, hey, we might as well do this because we'll make some money on it. I don't know. But regardless of that, you know, maybe like a purist or, you know, a hardcore fan – Regardless of that, I'm glad they did something. The box set was cool because it came with extra drawings and artwork that Joe Cool did. He, they probably commissioned him now to, to do some of that. But certainly, you know, I'm a collector of this stuff. And, uh, you know, for one of my favorite albums, to be able to get something 
that's slightly different than what we've had the last 30 years is awesome. Uh, you know, so often just, you know, a re-release of a CD that says digitally remastered just doesn't do anything for me. So to be able to get my hands on something else, I thought that was pretty cool. And of course, I'll go over more differences on the YouTube video that I'm working on. But bottom line is they did add back G's Up, Hose Down, which because of sample clearance issues back in 93, only the first 100,000 pressings per Snoop received that track. So essentially, you could always find it, but it wasn't readily available because it was pulled from the album. And subsequent, you know, any CD or LP or whatever you purchased, even uh, digitally, it just didn't have that track on it. It was one of my favorite tracks. I never understood why people hadn't heard it because back in those days, you know, the internet wasn't prevalent and I had the CD. I bought it the first day. I remember going after school on 11-23 of 93 and scooping it up. So bottom line is, I got to say, after 30 years, I'm still jamming to the track and uh, or the album, rather. And uh, I'll be covering more via our YouTube Check us out on YouTube, Mini Truck and HQ Dash, our lifestyle podcast, so you can type in any variation of that, and uh, you'll find it. Now, our my favorite OLP guest. Mm, I don't really have a favorite guest, okay? But I will tell you this. It was another awesome year of putting in the work. And, you know, I just want to go through some of these names. It, recently we had Eric crying on, I mean, sat down with him. If you haven't listened, please go back long time person that was on our list really was candid, shared a lot of great Intel about, you know, his builds and whatnot. But, you know, having Eric, I sat down with Fosum. They mentioned who they were going to sign with, you know, super awesome West coast music history, hip hop history. Uh, Jeff came on recently and talked about his, his his life change that he went through, and hopefully that's helping others. We got a lot of great feedback on it. Just even people that were going, you know, man, it's causing me to at least think through some things. You know, that's all I want to do. Spark the mind, make people think through something. Hey, what's best for me? What's best for my family? I got a chance to go to SEMA, so we had that SEMA preview. I was boots on the ground. That was awesome. Even though I didn't stay all week, it felt good to be out there getting the audio and we also talked with, uh, I talked with Mike Barsha when I got back. So to talk with him and Daniel Smith, pretty awesome. We went to Kentucky, and we also did the Cruising with Cruisers recap. So that was cool. Got a chance to link up with Doug Culp. Okay, he shot the first two mini trucking covers. He went on to shoot four total. Doug and I uh, have kept in contact. He's a great dude, legend in our mini truck scene in terms of shooting the first cover. Of Mini Trucking Magazine. Uh, Dan Gilliland, you know, him and I have kept in contact. Felt like we've known each other for years. Dan, love you, homie, but we got to get you on the pack, man. We got to get you to jump on the bandwagon. Like my dad used to say, you might pull a hamstring jumping on the bandwagon. But, uh, you know, with all due respect, Dan's a good dude, and uh, he and I are keeping in touch, and he's he, he's good peeps. We had NR Jordan on, so how awesome was it? Uh, to have him on a little bit younger of a mini trucker, but still passionate. Joey Majestics comes on, and we talk about low riding with Joey. He tells the story of recently selling his car to none other than DRE. So insane. Again, another awesome episode to check out. John Lotto, he had been on our 
on our list a long time. We talked uh, Wild Side, which was the name of his truck, and so much history. I mean, he's tied in, friends with Craig Elder still, kind of keeps in contact with him. A lot of, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, Anthony A.J. Amendola, another guy that's been on our list a long time, built Exception, really spent the time, went through the details. Awesome. We did a show called Unite the Scene, and we had multiple guests on from all over the country covering all kinds of show content. So really reinforcing that the show scene isn't just about certain people. It's it's really a culmination of everything that we love, and it's all around the U.S. and, and really the worldwide. Had Damian Fulton on to talk about Radical Rick. He created that famous character that was in BMX+. Plus. He did go on to get voted in, Radical Rick did rather, to the uh, BMX Hall of Fame. Salute to him. He's available via um, social media. Check it out if you haven't, a real fun episode. We started doing this a couple years ago, but we did the summertime 2023 and more, just kind of talking about where we are, where we were to that point, some of the stuff that was coming up. That was fun. We talked to Randy and the entire cast of characters uh, about uh, Tubalistic. So that was all the way back in June 2nd. Pretty cool. We had Thad Cunningham on. Awesome, brother. Thanks for coming on. Brian Brewbreaker, another guy that had been on the list a while. Adam uh, Madrigal. And Adam talked about the Extreme Lows history. Got a chance to link up with him. Awesome. We did one of our biggest shows of the year, Mini Nats 2023 Extravaganza. We talked to a bunch of people, and it was just awesome. We talked about the show, and it was fun. We had CJ Fayette on. He debuted his truck at LST, one of our favorite shows. We're waiting for LST 2024 in Conroe. Come on out and join us, but CJ killed it. We had Kyle Fayette on earlier this year. Uh, we did an LST wrap-up, but Kyle also came back and go in uh, guest co-host. Good dude. Truck guy, truck stuff is in his blood. Certainly had a great time linking up, homie. Uh, we did a show with Welch's Chop Shop. So Josh Welch, we haven't talked enough about Josh since then. He's going to be doing our best of awards for 2023. Good dude. We had NC Fred Hebron on. Uh, and then we, of course, had Diggity Don for, uh, to talk about the Grand National Roadster Show. So Don, who owns Steel Flame. Now, speaking of that, we kind of linked that in because the previous episode we have Steve Platt on. So Steve Platt, one of my favorite interviews, you know, we sat down, we talked about Steel Flame, went into a lot of detail and really kind of 20 plus years later set the, 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 the story straight and said, hey, this is how the truck became a Hot Wheels. So certainly stoked to call Steve a friend and, and have him come on. And we cannot forget, we started off this year with the bang, Rob Maji, Master Image Customs. Rob would go on with MIC to be inducted into the Mini Truck Hall of Fame this year as a company. So just insane. And when I look back, what always makes me happy and excited is the body of work that we put together. It really means a lot to me. Even if only one person listens to it, you know, certainly I want more to enjoy it. When people find us, that we you know we get emails and they say, "Hey, we love what you're doing. We love the history." You know, some people say, "Hey, I can't listen to every episode." Totally get it, right? We totally do. But you know, if you like a post, if you stream an episode, if you buy a shirt or you buy a sticker, anything you do, even if you come by the the booth at an event, anything you can do 
to support what we're doing or support the scene, it means a lot. So that's kind of the breakdown of 2023 OLP guests. What's your favorite one? If you're on Podbean, comment. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you know, leave a, a new review if you can. Maybe mention it in there, and I'll mention it on the next episode. Now, speaking of favorites, uh, what was one of my favorite memories? And I tell you what, there were a lot. I got to say, meeting Brian Gendro at Southeast Mini Truck and Nats, one of our favorite shows, was awesome. You know, the vibe was awesome. The sunshine was beaming. Everything was great. And, you know, having him come by and check out the booth and hang out and talk, you know, seeing him interacting with their club brothers and just having a good time truly was amazing. It was also uh, great to meet Charles the Kid Armstrong. I had been at shows where he was at, you know, back in the day, maybe not really, you know, talk as talkative. And uh, it was cool to slap hands with him at the Mini Truck Hall of Fame this year uh, and, and talk with him to see him voted in. It was also great to hear the big homie, Billy Bob, voted into the Mini Truck Hall of Fame. So to be there, you know, Billy, I ended up staying with those guys. We had such a great time hanging out in Vegas with the Camadres. Jeff from Mini Garage, of course, was there. Riggedy Ron Perkins. So many people. Chuck Dog. Just had a great time. And I tell you what, we went to so many shows. And it's not about how many shows you can go to. I think it's about the amount of fun that you have when you go. You know, some of us go to a show and we kind of come home and go, eh, it was all right. Did you go to other shows? Did you go, man, the memories were awesome. You know, I got to meet other people. I got to park my truck in a booth. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to cruise. Maybe you got to hang out with your fam. That's what it's about. So let's keep that going, the good, positive stuff. Uh, What was the biggest news of 2023? And I kept thinking about this throughout the year, you know, for this end-of-year review. I got to tell you, in my mind... I just cannot, I still can't believe how much exposure and how much craziness the sub implosion uh, got this year. And the Titan submersible implosion, it was something like, I think like high school kids that are graduating this year are going to remember like, yeah, remember that year we graduated, man, there was all that talk about that sub blowing up or imploding rather. At the Titanic site, and I, and that you know, of course, was back in June, six months ago, but just totally insane. And it's crazy to see all of the videos on YouTube and some of the stuff that has come out about it. Uh, you know, with with the owner of it, and 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 you know, some of the crazy stuff that was going on there with the uh, Stockton Rush, uh, just kind of like a maverick type guy. But you know, uh, unfortunately, some lives were lost that day. But I think that was a that's a thing that sticks out to me. I was kind of consumed with it. I ended up watching a ton of YouTube content. I still trickle some in here and there as they kind of talk about some of the SOS texts or, you know, the different things and piecing together the data. Did they know and all of that stuff? And, you know, I remember they were saying, man, are they tapping on the hole trying to do SOS and, you know, Morse code and all this stuff. And I was just like, wow. I mean, insane, but it turns out that wasn't the case. They were, of course, gone at that point. But uh, in 2023, I know the news cycle's pretty quick. Some of you are probably going, damn, I didn't even remember that. And that's pretty much the way things are, but that's one thing that stuck out to me. All right, one of my favorite new products. I mean, this one's kind of a cop-out for me, but I'll tell you, my car, I ended up having it bagged last December, and I picked it up, I think, right at the end of the year because I dropped it off at Jimmy's like around December 10th. 
I think that day, ironically enough, when I was coming back, that was the last day that I had a drink of alcohol. Um, Kirk from No Regrets and I stopped at Ford's Garage in Lakeland. We got a burger, I got a beer, and uh, decided then just going to take a break for a week or two weeks, maybe to the end of the year. And then that's led now to a whole year. So more on that in a little bit. But I'm going to say this, because I had the car bagged by Jimmy, I've really got a chance to enjoy the ECU um, with uh, the the AccuAir upgraded ECU. So it's the E-Level Plus ECU. And if you have an older AccuAir system, you can definitely upgrade. But to me, it's super cool. I mean, I like the controller. It's kind of that same basic look and feel. Some slight changes. I think it's magnetized. But the the cool thing is, you know, being able to go in the phone app and even see the voltage and things like that is super cool. But I got a chance to really enjoy it because by the time I picked it up, it was pretty much right at the end of the year. And hopefully next year in 2024, I intend to enjoy the car more. But, you know, it was kind of hard. I looked back at certain things. You know, I didn't spend a lot of time at SEMA really getting a walk through and look at all the new products. There's always new stuff out there. But I tell you, AccuAir to me, personally, they've really kind of pushed forward the whole air management scene a lot. Of course, there's other vendors out there as well. But uh, it was pretty cool to be able to enjoy that this year. Now, when I look at my next thing I wanted to talk about, so my favorite YouTube content. Now, I'm going to kind of stray away here a little bit and kind of say, look, you know, I could always say Grinder TV. Love what Brian's doing. Uh, Custom Life. Love what Frank's doing, right? But um, there is a YouTube channel that I came across that I really like, and it's called Eric Allen, E-R-I-C, Allen, A-L-A-N. Real simple. That's the, the name of the channel. He has about 277,000 subscribers, and he just started not that long ago, and his videos, because he lived or lives around the area that the Murdals live in uh, that low country, they call it, I think in, in South Carolina, he started doing these like really in-depth videos discussing you know true crime, and his videos, I mean, have gotten a ton of views, you know, drone footage, you know, just the animations he uses, it's pretty cool. So if you like true crime, check out Eric Allen. He's got a super awesome um, YouTube channel. Now, my favorite podcast, outside of truck stuff, right? Because I listen to the truck podcast. I I stream the stuff, you know, even what Brian and Frank are doing with uh, The Drop. I love watching theirs because theirs is kind of video-oriented as well, uh, which we're, we're dabbling in, finally getting to that level at OLP. But I would say this, I love true crime. So I've been listening to the prosecutors. So I went down this long bunny trail of the John Bidet Ramsey stuff. Of course, many of you, if you're around my same age, you'll kind of know that happened in the nineties. Very unfortunate. The little girl was killed and um, you know, so many people think the parents did it and whatnot. But if you really look at the evidence and you really go down and you, you, you see these interviews and you really go down the, you know, what's real and what's like fabricated in terms of, you know, the, the media spin and all that, you're, you're going to see there's a lot out there that kind of really supports the intruder theory. But The Prosecutors is a great podcast. It's two colleagues, a, a, a guy and a girl, lady, if you will, that work together and uh, they're attorneys, but they also do this podcast and they do just such a great job, really in-depth stuff. They really do their legwork uh, to get the 
you know, to get the Bessie Jowl, and they have multi-part series. I think on the John Binet, I listen to those. But I also like True or True Crime Garage. That's a pretty cool one as well. They've had some updates, even even though they did a couple of back-to-back John Binet Ramsey episodes. They've actually had some really good updates, and there is a key suspect now for anybody that follows this stuff. There's a guy that claimed that he did it many, many, you know, basically the the night or the day after. Uh, to a friend he confided he lived in Boulder and uh, there's some stuff out there if you go down that bunny trail court TV's got some stuff where they've analyzed the uh, hand handwriting analysis and all kinds of stuff so you know again true crime garage they've went down those bunny trails as well so shout out to those guys they've got a huge catalog I think they're like 750 episodes in so check them out the last thing I'll say that that comes to mind for me is, one thing I started doing this year was I started doing cover art. Well, I've always done cover art for every episode. That goes back to episode one. Uh, I started using a new tool, and what you may have noticed is, you know, that that comic look that I used forever because it was easy, when I would put together the cover art, I've kind of replaced that now with more of like a, a Photoshop and kind of layering these images and whatnot. It kind of gives me more flexibility on how much stuff I want to put in that little square uh, that I share to kind of give those little hints and or little breadcrumbs, if you will, of what's to come on that episode. So certainly, if you uh, if you haven't noticed, I do take the time, not only do I record these podcast um, episodes, I clean up the audio, stitch it together as needed, uh, upload it, you know, add a description, ensure that it posts to all of the different um, providers, if you will, right? You got to have all that set. But also, you know, going and creating ahead of time every single uh, piece of artwork for uh, the cover, if you will, which is awesome. I love doing it. But I will say this, you know, not every, a lot of podcasts just do not do that. And it's so slight against them. Uh, Apple now has a way uh, to auto have each one of those images, you know, shoot out to their app. But unfortunately, you have to follow these very strict standards. And I haven't gotten my my flow down on being able to use that standard that they have uh, for the the width and the height and the the pixels and all that stuff that Apple loves to kind of force. But if you listen on like Spotify, for instance, and some of the other channels. Uh, you'll notice when you're looking at your device, if you're able to while you know you're working or whatever, you'll see that image, and uh, that's of course what I share through social media. So, one thing I just reinforce, you know, it's a lot of commitment, and certainly I appreciate uh, all of the support. Uh, a lot of content there that I covered, kind of some of my favorite things of the year and things that come to mind. Let me know what you guys think uh, by leaving a rating through iTunes slash really Apple Podcasts is what it's called now. The general updates is brought to you by our family at Rose Metalworks, a.k.a. Spreading the Love. They're good people, and uh, they're continuing to help raise funds for people that are less fortunate or, and that are going through life challenges. They'll, of course, be out at Southeast. Mini Truck and Nationals will be out there as well, and they'll be raising funds with auctions and other uh, methods or means, if you will, to raise some money. Shout out to Sean Rose, David Bugatti, good people doing great things in our mini truck scene. Next, we got Hut 1, Hut 2, Hut 3, Hut, Old Dirty Ballard, live and uncut. Biggity Mike the Mayor, of course, is out as of right now. We're still going to try to call him in a little while. 
I know he's ducking us because he doesn't want to answer the trivia. He knows he's down to zero ticks in that binder, but we'll try to get him on the phone shortly. Now, the year is coming to an end. And, you know, many of you guys are trying to get things in order. And what I'll tell you is this, right? I just went, as I mentioned earlier, I went 365 plus days without drinking alcohol. It wasn't really what I intended to do, right? It was going to be take a break, you know, that whole thing. And it was like, well, if I can go a week, I can go a month. If I can go a month, I can go blah, 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 right? But something that I would tell you is this. As you go into the new year, so many people set a new year's resolution. I'm not big on new year's resolutions because they seem to, you know, you last for a day or two and then you go, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and, and do it one more time and then next week I'll start it, right? And that's why one thing when I decided that I was going to stop drinking for a week or two weeks, you know, or whatever, I didn't wait till January 1st. You know, I, I, I said, hey, it's... uh December 10th, we're coming home, I'm getting this car back, I'm excited, but you know, that next day, I said, you know what, I'm going to take a break, and I did, and I will tell you that it's been, you know, kind of a game changer for me, because I went through, you know, I went through a lot of, I went to a lot of shows this year, including a lot of local stuff, right, Uh, you know, the Rides by the River, you know, these local events, some of the stuff that Angie Ellis does at Portillo's, and, you know, all of that stuff combined, it, it's really, if you slice and dice it, it's almost like once a week. Uh, you know, not exactly. It wasn't 52 events, but certainly, you know, you get to 30, 35, 40 events in a year, and you're pretty much doing something every single weekend. But there's a lot of big shows as well, including Eastbound Get Down, right? So, you know, going out there right after I stopped drinking and seeing everyone drink, a buddy of mine, uh, he bought me a beer. He didn't know that I had stopped. And he goes, hey, man, here's a beer for you. And I go, no, I'm good. He goes, no, it's right here. Boom, ice, ice cold Coors Light, which I love drinking. I said, no, nah, I'm good. And he's like, he thought I was dissing him. I said, hey, Elvis, there's no diss at all, man. I was like, bro, keep it. You know, you know you're finishing yours. Here's another one for you. And he's like, damn. And then he realized later on that I was, I was serious. So, you know, having that willpower, I know not everybody has that same willpower, but here's what I'm getting to. If you're, if you're going into the new year and you're trying to maybe save some money, pay off debt, lose weight, maybe you're trying to exercise more, maybe you're trying to spend more time with the fam, maybe you're trying to get a new job, maybe you're trying to get outside more, maybe you're trying to do more R&R or travel more, whatever that is, focus on it and you can achieve it. I'm certainly not perfect. There's things I'm trying to even improve upon. But, you know, coming off of 2023, I, I go, man, look what I accomplished. Now I set the bar even higher and go, well, what do I want to do next, right? So, again, I'm not telling anybody you should do something or you should stop doing something or start doing something. That's certainly up to every individual person. And that's the great thing that I love about, you know, motivating people because you none of us are going for the same exact goal, right? Some people want to pay their house off early. Some people want to save all their money. Some people want to spend all their money. Everybody's different. But to me, you know, every Friday I go on my phone, I go on my list and I go, hey, what do I want to accomplish the next few days? You know, even if it's going to a show, it might be getting up early, getting to the show earlier, getting the show coverage going. I mean, you guys see me at shows. I want to get there and get all of my photos and videos and do all of that stuff. So if it does rain or if I get talking to people. So I kind of feel like if I put the work in, I can achieve what, what the goal is. And I want everyone to know that you can do the same. So just focus. 
as we get sideways in the 2024. ODB Live and Uncut is brought to you by our family at Get Decked. If you are a show promoter or maybe you want to put your main squeezes vehicle on a skate deck, hit up Joey Dilworth, Get Decked. That's Get Decked underscore VA on Instagram or Joey Dilworth. Just how it sounds on Facebook. Send him a direct message and get with him. He does the skate decks for us for Lone Star Throwdown, for Southeast Mini Trucking Nationals, for Scraping the Coast. All of these brands are doing it. Joey's the man. Joey Dilworth, tip of the cap, brother. Uh, the scene update. So here we have Logan Wade and Matt McCoy. Of course, Logan says, I've officially uh, completed with my last fall semester of law school. Here's to six more months of law school before graduating. So Logan, congrats. You know He's the leading force behind the revival of Mini Truckin' Magazine. And I would re- remind folks, uh, Mini Truckin' Mag, minitruckin'mag.net, right? Uh, that will take you to the website, and you can order stickers, banners, and uh, check out what's going down. Of course, they're on social media as well. Now, tell me this wasn't insane. I wanted to also share this. Joey Dilworth, who we just really gave a lot of praise to, over a thousand book bags delivered, donated on behalf of Attitude Check Eleven, and uh, that went to Caroline Co. Public School Parent Teacher Resource Center. Say that ten times fast. Attitude Check Twelve is nine months away. We want, we really want to reinforce. This is an event that I, I know a lot of people enjoy, and uh, Joey Dilworth is doing big things. He's a great dude, and uh, that's why I love promoting what he's doing. He's staying busy, and uh, he's certainly enjoying life. We did mention on our last episode, unfortunately, that the world lost Josh Pascal, and DJ Mays did an amazing tribute to him via Twitch. Uh, Jerry Lewis had posted sending Josh Pascal out in style. Uh, there was a huge turnout for him. He's going to be missed. And, of course, Jerry had the uh, new school toe pig with Josh's truck on the back. So may he rest in peace. And I'll tell you this, Tony Moore had posted the amount of money that was raised. Uh, If you look up Tony Moore, he's part of Asphalt Army. And we mentioned this on the last episode, and they kept the sticker thing going a little bit longer, which was cool. And um, he basically says, "Mm, uh, through Asphalt Army, once again, the mini trucking community overwhelmingly comes together to support a cause. We want to thank everyone who ordered stickers and supported Josh's family. So $35,070 and some odd cents was raised. Uh, he cut the check and he mailed that off to the family. $35,000. Truly amazing. We ordered some stickers. And, uh, you know, it's good people like Tony Moore that step up and go, hey, Let's lead the charge. Uh, you know, certainly it took uh, a village of everyone kind of coming together to spend the money, but it was awesome. And speaking of Josh, now I know this is a different Josh, but uh, Lonnie Ford had posted the Garage Gear Choice Award at Lone Star Throwdown 2024 will be in memory of Josh Coleman, C-O-L-M-E-N. So I know that he recently passed away, and uh, that was a, a big loss for a lot of people as well. So I know we can't mention everyone. We try to, try to do our best. But uh, certainly, you know, rest in peace to all of the folks out there that are kind of going through some tough times, whether it's a loss of a family member, a parent, 
you know, even people struggling around the holidays, I always encourage people, if you need to talk to someone, reach out. Um, if, if, you know, if there's something I can do, email me, ourlifestylepodcast at gmail.com. You know, I certainly will, will do whatever I can to bend over backwards to help. Um, you know, even get on the phone for a few minutes if someone's having a real bad day. So uh, hit us up or hit up a friend uh, if you need to. The Scene Updates is brought to you by Garage Gear Clothing. Visit garagegearclothing.com to order merchandise. Uh, they have mini trucks, full sizes, sport trucks, vans, you name it. They also have Garage Girl and Kids Apparel. Uh, garagegearclothing.com. They have free shipping on orders $100 or more. Of course, they're, if they're at a show, let them know that OLP sent you. Now, here's something I talked about recently as it relates to the industry. There's continued steam that is building, and GM has doubled down on the fact that they're going to do away with CarPlay. And uh, like I told you guys, my opinion with that, there's good and bad, right? The, the bad is that there are a lot of people on these different tech sites that are going, okay, well, I was going to get a GM vehicle. I think they're focusing first on EVs maybe, and that's not our thing. I totally get it, but I think it is going to sway some people from buying a new Chevy vehicle, right? Because CarPlay is simple. You plug your iPhone in, and it works. Now, the odd thing is I think that Android Auto is going to continue to work. GM comes out this week and says they're doing that because of safety, okay? Okay, you're going to do it because of safety, so you're not going to have like the text come into the, f- the the infotainment system and read out loud. So someone's probably going to look at their phone, but you're going to keep Android Auto. Like it's just really weird that I don't think they got behind that that PR campaign on why they're going to do this. Now, I think the good part of it is this: that a lot of us have probably decided not to run aftermarket head units because it's like, look, wow, we've got this nice screen. It's all integrated, blah, blah, blah. Why do I need to go aftermarket? This could reignite the aftermarket (coughs) in terms of options available. So, you know, not saying that the aftermarket hasn't been there. It certainly has. But I just know a lot of people um, have chose not to use aftermarket stuff because their factory stuff is so awesome. Now, it looks like we're getting a call from Miggity Mike the Bear. Let's see if we can patch him in. The fuck is this? Call at me at 547 in the morning. Crack Crack a dawn. Now I'm yawning. Wipe the cold out my eye. Let me wipe the cold out my eye. See who's this page of me and why. Dude, you just broke in. I was doing the audio. I told everybody you were trying to use a comp day this week because of... What was this? Something about a blizzo is out or a clizzing is out? Something, I mean... I told people, hey, they need to do the preventive maintenance on themselves, but I guess you really took that to heart. Dude, I took it to a whole nother fucking level, brother. All I remember is the lady asked me what my favorite football team was. I said, hey, listen, they haven't been doing so well, but they actually won this week, and that's all I remember. Dude, the Packers are playing in Lambeau against the sucking ears, and I really hope, Mike, because I don't want to eat crow. I hate Crow. I, I really hope the Packers can smack him around a little bit up in Lambeau. Hey, listen. The Green Bay Packers are taking down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this Sunday, 1 o'clock, Lambeau Field. Mark my words. Well, 
Let's hope that you're right this time. But listen, man, I was just covering some of the the uh, industry updates. But, man, I got to say, Mary Chronics Mess slash oh, Happy yeah. Born Day, dude, because 1215s are on the corner. And people don't even realize that Mrs. Mayor. Now, I know, yes. I know, you know, you guys kind of are estranged a little bit because, you know, back in the day, my, the, the, what I had heard is she wouldn't sign the prenup because you had that banging S10 with the sound system and you had drawn the line in the sand and said, hey, look, it's either you sign this that I get to keep my truck. And she said, no way. But you guys have been together, you know, all these years. And I know that she's excited because it's her born day. Yes, today, 12-13, is Mrs. Mayor's born day. You are absolutely correct. I'm actually on my way home from work to go take her out for her born day dinner. Yeah, see, I knew you wanted to use the comp day today, but I told everyone I was still going to try to troll Mike and try to call him, but you called me at the perfect time, man. And listen, I want to reinforce the people. Eastbound Get Down, I know the pre-reg ended. But like you've been yes. saying, keep me honest. They can gallivant right to the front of the gate, and they can still get in with their ride or motorcycle. Bro, come on down. January 12th through the 14th. Friday is the setup day. You can come down and register vehicle on Friday. Get your armbands. Get your window sticker. If you want to park in the purple section, the red section, the pavilion parking, the audio section, we do have an audio section. At Eastbound Get Down. We do not discriminate. Bring on the noise. It's going to be lots of fun, brother. I can't wait. ODB already got his spot. He's going to be at, he's going to be parked underneath the pavilion in the VIP section. So make sure y'all look for for uh, for Mr. ODB. And uh, and it's going to be a surprise what he's bringing. I think y'all might like what he's bringing out, though. First time ever I'm bringing a rendering to the show. And it's going to get judged. <laughs> I'm going to have to stick over there for three hours trying to you know talk about some of the pen strokes and stuff right because dude mike we gotta get the we gotta get the points dude the points okay but seriously look this friday is your born day are you guys getting freaking absolutely insane because i know i know you've been kind of slimming down on drinking i've seen you guzzle the 40s like when easy said greet me with a 40 and i'll start drinking but you have been drinking like the eight ounce deals i heard Bro, I have kicked it down, and uh, I'm staying away from all that soda, all that sugar, and it's it's just the little bitch ultras for me now, brother. Yeah, and I've seen you even cut down on the chain smoke, and you're you're not, you know, you're down to maybe like a half a pack a day. So that's good, man. Bro, I'll never stop my Camel Joes because when you smoke Camel Joes, it brings on more his O's. And listen, <laughs> I talked about my favorite some some of my favorite moments this year, but I I got to say this. We had such a great time at the Spark Show, and you think about you know riding around. Every time you say that, it makes me think of the big homie, Chad Luke, and riding in Chad difficult Luke. times and just the great time we had that pre-party on Friday. And I tell you, Adam and Dizzy and that team, I know Corey Floyd and the ladies, they're also kind of in that circle. They really have built a great thing. And every August, dude, Sevierville, the Spark Show, man, it's always popping off. Bro, I always look forward to going to good old Sevierville, Tennessee every year. We have a blast every time we go up there, and there's always something uh, to do, always great restaurants, uh, great attractions. Dude, the ice cream, that, that place we stopped at for the ice cream was awesome, 
and that we drove all the way up. I can't remember the name of the place. We, I always forget the name of the place. Drove all the way up that mountain. Remember, it got all dark and foggy and, and could barely see, but we made it up there. It was freezing up there and, uh, and the lookout point, and uh, that was really cool. But, no, it definitely was a great time this year. And, I mean, who can forget our trip to Kentucky, man? We got to drive a cop car. By far, one of my best memories from uh, from 2023 going to car shows was cruising with the cruisers, brother. I cannot forget that one. I, you're absolutely right, and you can't forget uh, breaking the law, breaking the law. I thought breaking you were us and I was butthead because when that, sing, that song came on that Saturday morning, I said, you know, never in my lifetime did I think I would be driving a cop car on the road. Uh, you know, we, we they, they had... I think we got deputized. That's how we were able to legally do it. They said, look, you know, you guys have been Long John Silver deputized deal with the hat, and that's how legally we were able to kind of bend some of the corners. You know what I mean? Oh, there was nothing illegal. Everything was legal in in Uh Whitesburg, Kentucky. Oh, yeah. So, Mike, I got one question for you before we let you go. Are you ready? Now it's time to get serious. Brother, I am always ready to get the answer wrong. So let's do this. I got two questions. They're fun because the Airhead Nation, they love these questions. Number one, in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, what is uh, what go. is Clark planning to use his Christmas bonus on? Uh, wasn't it the trip? It was not the trip. I'm going to give you one oh, more. Jesus Remember Christ. when he looked out the window and he saw he, he, he saw Cousin Eddie standing on the diving board. And he just envisioned what he was going to build in the backyard. Oh, it was the pool? Yeah, it was the pool. He was going to use the money on the pool. Well, I thought it was the damn trip. My bad. It's all good. Now, the next one, in Jingle All the Way, Uh what is the name of the action figure toy that is so popular? Oh, man. Something, man. Joey Whitby is basically... He is he's he is blowing a top right now. Dude, he is blowing a top. His interior. You know that out, would. Dude. You know what would. You know what be so cool is if Joey and Tom made the trek across, across all the way from Arizona to come to Eastbound Get Down. That would be so freaking awesome. Would that be the longest um, cruise to the Get Down? To to not, let's let's be honest to Eastbound Get Down, right? Because we know. You know, there's there's the you know there's Dino's get down. That's different. But you guys got east, eastbound and down, which I call EBGD eastbound and down. Uh, well, yes, it would be pretty damn long. Let let's just put it at that. Um, but at the same time, because man, I remember Sinbag was in the movie. I remember Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the movie, and um, man, I cannot re- I, dude. I do not remember the. It's name all right. It's been a long day. The- you have been playing Santa for those that don't realize. You know what I mean? Oh, bro, I have definitely been playing Santa. Um, but I mean, Jesus, Criminelli, bro. The the damn. I mean, the guy was red, and then it, and then Arnold dressed up like the guy in the parade. Um, but I, I mean, it was all red, and he had the yellow face mask on. Yeah, it was Turbo I, Man. But I, Turbo Man. Turbo Man. Yeah. It, it, uh, and let's not forget, dude. That the tick marks, you might get lucky because they might reset, you know, the employee binder right at the beginning of the year. So you might get lucky. Scott is trying to check the rule book, Scotty the Body, and kind of see where it's going to go. Because we got the rule book right here in the cabinet. How about Mrs. Scotty the Body coming out with topless two on damn hammered weekend wear shirt, man? I got my shirt, and bro, 
That thing was badass. Love it. Can't wait to rock that one. She said she's going to go two levels over Scott on a top rope deal. You know what I mean? And she's willing, yeah, and she's then willing our, to break a bone if she has to. Dude, and then our boy Scotty the Body gets his truck on the freaking weekend show artwork, man. Dude, it's like the dynamic duo, bro. And the mini truck and flyer for subscriptions deals. Oh, and holy... Dude, this guy's everywhere, man. This guy is everywhere. Hey, I'm just glad he's. I'm just glad we're friends with this guy, man. Hopefully, his head doesn't get too big where he doesn't forget who we are. Oh, you know you gotta, what I'm saying? Wait till you see his next build. I think his head's already getting bigger, dude. He's talking about. Oh, you know, so I'm sworn to secrecy, but well, Nicky Mike, listen. I know you guys are running to the dog track tonight. Make sure you go to one that doesn't harm, because we don't want to ever harm any animals. We love animals. Yep. But just make yep. sure you bet and get me some scratchers for Christmas and, and your birthday gifts in the mail, brother. Hey, are we still going to hit the bottle club after the after the dog track? Oh, yeah, liquid deaths for life, dog. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. Well, hey, I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Thanks to the Airhead Nation. Guys, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you again uh, next weekend. Yep, you got it. And Merry Christmas, everyone. Mike's going to drop, man. Uh, we'll see you, brother. All right, my man. See you. Late. Have fun. So, man, he called right at the, the a great time. So just going back to it again, I think with the GM decision, it may lead the aftermarket to go, hey, here's a plug-in device that now makes your phone wireless CarPlay. I mean, I, you know, I know there's people going, oh, I'm not going to buy one, but I don't know if it's really going to disrupt. And, you know, GM is going to look at this and go, how much money can we make on the back end? You know, we want to get these subscriptions out of it. We want to get people to buy our data packages. We want to take all of that data that we're collecting and sell it, right? However, they're going to they're they're going to monetize, right, is the bottom line. The M word, they're going to monetize it. So we'll have to see what the decision, you know, does it really backfire on them? Uh, if you go on some of the tech sites like I do, Mac Rumors, that whole forum is, well, I'm not going to buy one. I'm not going to buy one. And I go, okay, were those people even going to buy a GM vehicle? I don't know. Industry news brought to you by, like Mike said, The Freaking Weekend. Uh, good people, man. Uh, the Freaking Weekend. It's going to be crazy. The Facebook following is 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 increasing. The Freaking, with an I-N, Weekend Show on Instagram September 20th through the 22nd at Harris Gulf Coast in Biloxi, Mississippi. We'll be there. OLP, down with OLP. The kinfolk at Freaking Weekend. All right, this week I am going to skip the show updates. The reason why is there's a lot of content on this episode. I also want to reinforce that, of course, we'll start to cover about a month, month and a half, maybe two months out as we go forward. There are a ton of shows. All I will tell you is one of the big announcements was that Relaxed All-Star Event is back, not in September, but in October. So it's going to be late October. I think it's going to be the weekend before SEMA. Um, so we'll have more information on Relaxed All-Star Event. That is going down in Tennessee, October 2024. The show updates is brought to you by our kinfolk at this awesome magazine, localrideswithazmagazine.com. That's local rides, R-I-D-E-Z, R-I-D-E-Z, magazine.com. Uh, they have magazines on sale. They have some that are a little bit cheaper than others, uh, as low as $10. Uh, hit them up, local rides mag, good people. The podcast updates, 
the merchandise is going to ship out probably late week Christmas. So unfortunately, these shirts are not going to be in hand by Christmas, but we will send out a notification once we get it from Brant that basically says, hey, they're in flight to us. Okay. Now, typically, they're about two weeks out on production. And what that means is we paid for the order about a week, week and a half ago at the time of listening to this. So, you know, potentially next week they might be in flight to us, but with Christmas and all of that, my hope is that we can get them out right before the end of the year. Uh, the banner images came in for the proofs as well as the sticker, so we'll be posting that. If you didn't get in and you want to, uh, go to our lifestylepodcast.com, order the doggy style merchandise, shirts, banners, stickers. Um, more to come. Podcast updates is brought to you by Graphics Mafia, G-R-A-P-H-I-X, mafia.com. If you need stickers, maybe you want to replenish some of your brand stickers, Graphics Mafia for more. Uh, before I talk about The Chronic, which some of you love, some of you probably go, eh, why is ODB infatuated? Maybe I'll talk about that too. I just want to say Eastbound Get Down, I don't have any new FAQs. But as Mike and I talked about, Eastbound Get Down Show, altogether.com. Uh, you can find more information there, including hotels and whatnot. Armbands were on sale and things like that. I think you can uh, still get some of that stuff. Um, if you can't, just know, as Mike has reinforced, uh, that weekend, you can um, still pre- you know you can still register. You can still get in. Uh, if you go to the show schedule, um, it's going to be updated on the website. And everything is there. So Ormond Beach, which is Destination Daytona, it's going to be awesome. We can't wait. One of our favorite shows is going to kick off the year Eastbound Get Down 2024. Eastbound Get Down FAQ brought to you by our kinfolk at C&S Metalworks. If you go to cs-metalworks with an s.com, if you need airbags, AccuAir, Universal Air, hit up Chris and team. If you're over in the Corona, California area and you want to have your vehicle bagged, whether it's a 59 Impala or it's a mini truck, hit up Chris Burns and team at CS Metalworks. They're also on Instagram. Shout out to Ruben and the kinfolk at CNS Metalworks. With that being said, we heard from Randy. We did get Miggity Mike the mayor on. We're going to talk about the Chronic now. If you want to learn more about the Chronic, as well as Doggy Style and other Death Row uh, launches in the history. You know, I'm a fiend for this stuff. You can check out Death Row Records Legacy on Instagram. I'm going to be posting more there. Also on OLP, uh, our Lifestyle Podcast YouTube channel, as I mentioned, I'll be covering more stuff there, including some of my collection, some of the differences at these different releases over the years. Stream the content there if you can. It really helps us out. Uh, next uh, episode, I'll talk a little bit more about some of the opportunities to you know, show some love next year with YouTube and things like that. So certainly appreciate it. Uh, for those that we won't talk to before Christmas, uh, have a Merry Christmas. Spend the time with your family. This is dropping on December 15th, the day the chronic dropped 31 years ago. And... The next episode will be out, Lord willing, December 29th in two weeks. That will be our wrap-up. That will include the best of, maybe some special guests, more to come. We appreciate everyone, and let's talk about Dr. Dre and the Chronic now.
This is dedicated to the listeners that have been down since day one. Welcome to OLP. So, hey, thank you guys so much. If you're into this stuff, some of you just enjoy maybe kind of the story behind some of the the intel and some of the fandom stuff that I share. Uh, maybe if you're a new listener, maybe you found this on YouTube and you just wanted to check out uh, the podcast. Thank you again. Now, I do have a playlist on YouTube that is Death Row tie-in. So anything that ties into Death Row Records, um, any past episodes or a video that I've done, it's all in that playlist. So you can kind of check that stuff out. But, you know, contrary to what I even thought, I kind of, I think I've done like four out of the last five years, maybe, or maybe three out of the last four years, where I've done a chronic episode that usually coincides with the Friday right around. This year it happened to fall on the day the album dropped. So once again, it's on. And 31 years ago today for Day One listeners, arguably the greatest hip-hop album of all time dropped. Uh, Now, it's my opinion it's the greatest hip-hop album of all time. But obviously there's a lot, you know, everybody has their own opinion on that. So I can certainly understand someone going, no, I'm more of a, a Nas fan or whatever it is. But sonically... This is just an amazing album, and what Dre was able to accomplish was pretty awesome. So we'll talk a little bit about the history of kind of where he was at and some of the key dates that tie into this album, and then I'm going to end it with like a top 10 things you may not know about The Chronic. Now, the album dropped, again, 12 so 31 years ago. Last year was the 30th anniversary, but I will say... From December of last year through this year, that's, you know, even though we're, you know, hitting the 31st anniversary, basically Interscope, Aftermath, and Death Row, which we'll talk about, they have been celebrating the 30th anniversary of this album. They didn't do it exactly on the day. They didn't do it in December of 2022, but they did do you know different things from that point on which as a fan I'm certainly appreciative of you would think that they would and we'll talk about why they did what they did uh because there is you know monetary things behind it as you would imagine but basically about a month before that you have the G thing single that drops on 11 1992 and you could imagine back in that day I mean it's kind of hard to nail down what day was the video released more than likely it was that uh you know, that week, because you got to remember CDs, LPs, singles, all of that stuff, new music came out on Tuesdays back then. And, you know, that that was for years and years and years. And I forget the story behind that, if it was just, it gave him time to, you know, have a busy weekend. And then the stuff came in like, you know, over the weekend and Mondays, and then boom, it was out on Tuesdays. But now it was in the last like 10 or 15, 12 years, something like that, that the music industry has, you know, shifted. So now new music comes on Friday because Friday's arguably the best day of the week. And, you know, why not just put it out because it's streaming? Uh, you know, typically you're not going to the store to buy a CD on, you know, day one anymore. A lot of times, even if you're going to buy and support something, you have to order it. So that's a whole nother podcast. But the music video based upon behind-the-scenes footage that we've seen uh, from different spots, including the Defiant Ones, which was an amazing HBO uh, series. The Hughes brothers were behind, and when I mentioned earlier the Dear Mama Tupac documentary-style 
uh, series that's on Hulu FX. That was also uh, under the Defiant Ones, uh, same producers or, or, you know, the same guys that were involved, the Hughes brothers. So the Defiant Ones, you've got some behind-the-scenes G-Thing video footage, and we can see from the clapperboard that they shot that video basically the first week in uh, November, which was kind of crazy. Now, granted, you know, that could have been the end of the shoot, but, I mean, to think that they were still shooting, uh, you know, up until I think it was the 7th or 8th was the clapperboard date, um, which the clapperboards are those things, you, you know, where they go, all right, quiet on the set, and they go, you know, take, and they've got the different information written on there so that when they would go back to edit, they could read and kind of know, okay, wait, this is going to be this transition or whatever. But bottom line is they were still filming up until early November for the G-Thing video. Of course, that video comes out in that fourth quarter of 92, and, you know, it really explodes because if you think about that era, you know, Easy e as I've always said, kind of coined that phrase, 6 and, you know, a lot of us grew up, you know, in that NWA era into – the early 90s with the, um, you know, 100 Miles and Running EP and then into uh, Homies for Life. You know, that's edited, of course. And then, you know, Dre leaving and then, boom, Death Row. And it was kind of that era, cars, music, all of that stuff, kind of culture, you know, culminating together. So um, Snoop, as I've said in the past, for those that don't know, he was introduced, which was very a strate- an awesome strategic move. He was introduced back in uh, April of Nine Deuce, and that was via the Deep Cover soundtrack. Highly controversial song at the time, you know, for the most part. Uh, most people know it as like the 187 track, and uh, many of us, you know, just refer to it as Deep Cover. But, um, the fun fact about that track, if you try to find it via streaming, it's not available. And it's because Solar, which I brought up with FOSUM when I had them on, stands for um, Sounds of Los Angeles. Um, they own the rights to that soundtrack. It's a Solar-owned um, production. And for whatever reason, it's beyond me. If you owned you know, said music... You would think, now granted, you know, it's one thing if they're stuck in legality type stuff or the company was sold or bankrupt or whatever, but if it was still a functioning company or someone had bought the rights to it, wouldn't you want that music to be made available to stream because that's where money starts to come in, right? Um, so it's it's beyond me why that track has never, for the most part, as far as I can remember, it hasn't been available to stream. So anyways, April 92 which is, you know, half a year or so, a little bit more, um, Snoop is introduced. So when Dre's album comes out or the G-Thing song comes out and it's a huge hit and Snoop's in it, and then, you know, that just helped build that steam, that momentum for the album dropping in December. Now, I did mean to bring this up when I had Fosum on, but I did talk with them. There's going to be a couple of tie-ins to Fosum. So if you listen to that um, episode, this will make sense. If you didn't, it, it'll still make sense. But if I remember correctly, T-Dub, who was um, on the podcast, I meant to ask him. I would have loved to ask him this. He's the guy that pulls down the girl's top in the G-Thing video when they're playing volleyball. So many of us grew up MTV era. I don't know if like on the box or if there were other outlets that would show the unedited videos. But you know, we all remembered seeing where the girl's her top gets pulled down. 
and she's chasing him around, and of course it's blurred out. So, but T Dub, again from Fosum, the West Coast hip hop group, he's he's that guy if I remember correctly, um, which is kind of cool. And then there's another tie-in to Fosum that talks about Snoop's lyrics, which I had agreed not to bring up with Fosum because not because they didn't want to talk about it, Eminem stuff, but you know he said, hey, it would just take it, it's it would take too long to explain. So he's like, it's kind of a long story. So more on that a little bit later. So basically, The Chronic comes out December 92, about a month before you have G-Thing come out. Now, there was there, there was a few singles. So you had F with Dre Day, which a lot of us just call Dre Day. Uh, but the title of it was F with Dre Day and Everyone Celebrating. Uh, Let Me Ride, which came out, I think, May as a single that next year. And... Or, or I think it was I think it was September. It was like really late. It was almost like a ha- you know more than a half year later. Let me ride comes out as a single, and then little ghetto boy, little ghetto boy. That is is kind of a harder single to find, and it's weird. It was a single, but I kind of think of it as is it was it wasn't. I mean, there's a music video for it. There is some obscure singles out there, cassettes, CDs, things like that. Stuff's getting very expensive for collectors, but uh, you know, Little Ghetto Boy, there is a music video for it. And ironically, if you look at the source, which I think it was February of '93, they did their review on the Chronic, and I want to say it was like four or four and a half stars. It wasn't five mics, rather not stars. And they made a comment that they didn't like the Little Ghetto Boy song. All these years later, I still love that track. It kind of slows down the album a little bit. Nate, oh, <clears throat> Nate Dogg's on it, Rest in Peace, great track. So you got G-Thang, F with Dre Day, a.k.a. Dre Day, Let Me Ride, and then Little Ghetto Boy. Those are kind of the singles from the album. And you got to think about this. November to all the way, I think it was Let Me Ride was September. I mean, that's a long, you know, a long stretch of you know, you know, beating the drum in terms of, you know, sales and then boom, another single comes out. Then you got those sales and then you got more videos playing, more people going out. So we'll talk about some of the sales of the actual album itself. I don't have, of course, the single sales, but you add all that stuff up. It was a lot. Now think of this. This is the crazy thing that blows my mind. I probably shared this before, but if you think about Dr. Dre's legacy, you know, if you, if you ever listened or you owned the Easy E EP, um, that where he's dissing Dre, the one eight seven them. Inside there is that that you know photo of Dre like in the sequins and from his early eighties, the club days or whatever. It's kind of crazy to think that Dre was doing his club thing in the early eighties. Then he is of course in NWA. He's an intricate part of it. He leaves NWA kind of embroiled in that whole beef, and when he goes to death row has all that success. So when he leaves NWA, he leaves with nothing. When he leaves Death Row, he literally walks away with nothing. March of 96, he leaves and they start at, you know, he starts Aftermath. And we'll talk more about that um, a little bit of tie in here. Now he drops a compilation that pretty much flops, but in my mind, it really gives him the motivation to succeed and that's of course just what he does. Uh, Death Row Records changes hands a ton over the course of time. Suge loses the company. There's still I could never do a podcast on all that because it's it's over my head. It's too confusing. All of that stuff. Suge talks about it a little bit on some of his 
things he's got going on right now. But bottom line, I think we all know that, you know, the reign of Death Row, as many of us know it as, you know, you think late 92, let's call it 93. And, you know, you got 93, 94, 95, 96, 97. That's five years, 98, 99, 2000. You know, that's eight total years reign. And at that point, you're starting to bring in, you know, some of the drops are just not the best. So, you know, in my mind, they really had a good five, six-year run, and they sold a ton of albums, um, which is kind of crazy. But I think that's the insane part. I just wanted to kind of reinforce that, you know, Dre, if you think about the hits that he's had, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s, he's... um, you know, with Eminem stuff and different things he's worked on with Kendrick and whatnot. That's five different decades. I mean, that's an insane run. And I think in many ways, like you think of, I think of Quincy Jones and some of these guys that the longevity is just, um, and it, just crazy now. So obviously death row, you know, all that changes hands. This will kind of tie back in. Um, we fast forward to a couple years back, Snoop drops a new album, which was B O D R back on death row. He announces that he acquires death row. Um, and that was right around the super bowl halftime performance. Ironically enough, my friend, Tony boss Bolin sold the car to Snoop the previous year, a 58 Lincoln. And that car got delivered like the Friday or Saturday before the Super Bowl. So Snoop had posted photos with it. Uh, pretty cool. That's just probably as close as I'll ever get to Snoop because that car was at my house. I drove that car. And then, of course, that car is now owned by Snoop and his company or whatever. But um, pretty cool stuff there. But basically, Snoop drops that album, says, hey, I'm back on death row. Boom, we've acquired the rights. That'll tie into some of the updates here about the chronic. Now, what may, what some may not know is around the time that Snoop says he owns all the classics on Death Row, this prompts Dre and Dre's lawyer to put out a statement basically saying Dr. Dre owns the rights to the chronic. Uh, this led to the album being added back onto streaming services. So this gets a little complicated, but I'll go through the breakdown here in a few minutes because you know, kind of focusing on the key updates for 2023. I know I'm kind of going a little bit, you know, down a, a rabbit hole here. Some of this will tie back because the album wasn't available to stream up until I think February of this year. So it was like it was, then it wasn't, and it gets very, very confusing. Now, I do appreciate Dre doing what he did because you know Snoop was really on this NFT thing. I, I wasn't in agreement with that. He had pulled everything. After he acquired the company and said, hey, if you want to listen to Death Row music, you know, via your smartphone or mobile device and you don't have already, you know, you don't have it, you know, digitally uploaded or you didn't buy it in the past, you need to now spend, I think it was like four or $500 and buy like an NFT, all that madness. So a lot of people were like frustrated because a lot of us in social media, we couldn't pick the song as a reel. We couldn't listen to it. You know, it, it just was kind of frustrating, but Dr. Dre, I think, in a lot of ways, he realizes the significance of the album and what you know the fans wanted, so he pushed to get it back on streaming services. And believe it or not, this year, on February 1st, it was announced the Chronic would return uh, to streaming services. And some of this stuff goes back to a lawsuit from over 10 years ago that uh, Dre had filed, and I think I'll hit upon this in some of my notes. But when he did that, and I think Suge was locked up, Basically, Dre had won the rights to the album. 
And um, again, it just gets so confusing. Now, I have a copy of Dr. Dre's book. It came out around 20 years ago. And Dre even talks about a story in there when Suge came to his house with some of his friends or, you know, homies. And, uh, you know, Dre was trying to get the masters back then. And, uh, you know, Dre opened the door and talked to him and, you know, whatever their conversation was. But, again, this cr- it, it's crazy because I'm going over all this. And I'm like, man, there's so much to do with this album. And it's like it's been out 31 years and it's still kind of in the news, so to speak. So this is all going to hopefully make sense here in a minute. So, you know, again, uh, December uh, 5th, December 15th, um, 2022 kind of seemed had and had gone uh, you know, it kind of passed pretty quick. Now, I was curious what Death Row, Interscope, Slash Aftermath was even going to do, and I suspected that it was kind of nothing. You know, I'm thinking of a nothing burger. It's like, hey, the 30th comes. Really, in my mind, you should do something, right, because it's money, but we've just seen as of late, you know, some of the companies are kind of um, lazy, but that's not what happened here. Now, Dre, I'm not going to go down this bunny trail. He did a $200 million deal with UMG, Universal Music Group. And basically, it had to do with licensing the album to bring it back. The big thing that it did is it brought it back to streaming services. So they do this deal. Dre gets, I guess, 200 mil, boom, however that's paid out. And, you know, some people would go, well, why? And I think he kind of maybe retains the rights to maybe future releases and stuff. But if you think about it, if somebody goes, hey, we're going to give you $200 million for something you did 30 years ago, and you don't really have to do anything. We're just going to give you the money. Uh, you would think, why not? And we've seen that from a lot of different rock and roll folks, uh, you know, selling their their catalogs for just crazy amounts of money. That allows for it to be used in... Um, you know, if you think about uh, commercials, uh, all kinds of different stuff. So, anyways, Dre does this two hundred million dollar with UMG, and you know he kind of cashes out and gets gets the the flow. Now, early this year, so talking about the thirtieth anniversary, there was an announcement by Interscope that they were going to launch some merchandise. So, there's a couple of announcements they did this year, and that was one of them. Now, with the thirtieth anniversary, that also uh, basically brought the album to the point where when you buy, if you go to like Walmart or you find it in Target, uh, you can still see them there. Sometimes in the mall, there's the FYE stores, you know, or if you go to your local record store and they have a current copy of the Chronic, which you can buy, you're going to see for the first time, it has the Aftermath, the Death Row, and the Interscope imprint on the back. And that was kind of a big thing because if you think about, you know, Death Row being back in Snoop's hands and then Dre owning the rights to the album. I think the last year it was the first time all three of those like little stamps were on the back. Now, in addition to that, right? Cause you go, well, that's no big deal. I mean, the album's pretty much the same. Here's what else we got for the 30th. We did get a couple of billboards in Compton, which was pretty awesome. Now I stumbled upon those because people had taken photos under, um, a Sinclair gas station so if anybody from California is listening to this or, you know, Chris and those guys at CNS Metalworks, you may have seen it. I, I, you know, I know California's a big state, but I think it was in Compton, and I think it was two billboards, which was awesome. And that was around the time, like early, like maybe February, which is when Dre's birthday is. Now, April comes, and Intersco- Interscope and UMG, I think it was Universal Music Group, whatever, they do this collaborative thing where they release merchandise. And the merch was pretty cool. 
Now, I'm not usually someone that goes and buys merch. It really depends what it is. But, you know, we're talking, it was like a little tin, you know, that you'd roll one up on. It was a long sleeve shirt. Uh, there were hats. Uh, there were, uh, I think, just regular non-long sleeves. Uh, you know, several different, you know, things you could buy. Air fresheners. Um, there was a little tool that they put on their website where you could make your own album cover. You could load your own photo, which was kind of cool. So they do this, like, limited couple week. I don't know, maybe it was a month. But it seemed like it was a few weeks. I think I ended up ordering a few things, and I did an unboxing of sorts on YouTube for some of those items. So uh, I think the shirt was brown and I thought to myself, well, I may not wear it unless I go to like a Dr. Dre type function. I ended up getting the air fresheners and a few things. I got the things I wanted, but I didn't go kind of overboard, but I was stoked that they did something. Now, a lot of people would say, well, why are they doing that? Well, it goes back to that $200 million deal. If they, if they know that they can give someone money and they can do a deal that gets them kind of that, um, that's you know inside leg to now go okay uh now we're in and you know with this this iconic album now how can we get how can we market it how can we make money on it and that's basically what they did with the merchandise how much they sold i don't know now here was kind of the crazy thing so they released that stuff shortly thereafter the chronic masters was announced i think that came around june 1st now, this is a collaboration with a guy named Jeremy, and I'm probably going to mess up his last name. It's D-U-P-U-T-A-T. I, I don't know how to say it. I'm going to screw it up. But Jeremy, D-E-P-U-T-A-T, is on Instagram. Now, he has a company called 84 Trophy Premium Authorized or Authenticated Collectibles Brand. So it's at Trophy 84. No. It's at 84 Trophy. 84 T-R-O-P-H-Y. So they announced, and I'm going, okay, this is kind of cool, right? So they've got this little sizzle 30 to 180 second video that they they say, hey, the, the Chronic Bastards are coming. So it was this little teaser, and none of us knew what it was. And I kind of was hitting different spots, and I was looking at comments, and, and there was really not a lot. It was like, wow, what's this going to be? Is it going to be a box set or whatever? Well, to me... The Chronic Master stuff kind of just bombed. Um, it was cool that they did something. Totally get it. But mm, some of the stuff was just odd and flat out weird to me. Definitely, it seemed like a money grab. Uh, more than likely, you know, just um, something like, let's just put the Chronic on everything. And I don't disagree with what what the guy is creating. I think he's creating is like these collectibles and, and people love this stuff. But I think, like, what they did, it was weird. Like, he took photos of the original masters, right? So you've got these master reels that they reached to record on, and they're kind of in, it looks like an old, um, like an old movie reel is what it looks like. And they're in these reels, and, you know, they, they have writings on them, they have stickers sometimes, you know, they have dates, and they have all this different stuff, right? So... Basically, he took photos of those and he then replicated, like printed those out and they were kind of like printed and they made these like little shadow boxes. And you go, okay, I could kind of see it. The price was like really out there and you know they had the set or you could buy them individually. I thought to myself, like just sell, 
like a set of the prints. You know, like put a price where they make some money, but it's affordable for the fans, and then you go to Michael's, you get some cheap frames. That's what I thought they could have done, but whatever. They put something out. Now, part of that, they also put out skate decks. Now, they put out like three or four, and then they've done a couple sets of these, and I thought to myself, you know, the... I ended up buying one, okay? And I told myself I wasn't going to, but I bought one with the white chronic front album cover. I said, you know what? I'm going to buy one, right? That's it. And out of all of the master stuff, that's all I got. It did come with a little bit of collateral. That was kind of cool. Um, also, to go back on the masters, I think what he took photos of were the outside boxes. So the box that the reel s- sits in um, you know, you have writing on it that says the studio, uh, La Brea, I believe is how you say it. Uh, you have dates. So it was dated, you know, 221. I mean, some of these say 93, which didn't make sense to me because I'm like, well, the album was out already. But, um, you know, that's probably when they cataloged it or whatever. But, you know, it said G Thang, Ratatatat, F with Dre Day. You know, so it was, it was cool. Like, if you're looking for the dates, maybe of the recording or you're looking, but I don't know. I just, to me, even as a hardcore fan, I'm like, I just can't justify the price on that kind of stuff. So, anyways, they they sent out the collateral, a couple little things that came with it. I think it came with a sticker and, like, an authenticated uh, printout document, which was kind of cool with the skate deck. Boom. And that's kind of, like, all that I ended up getting. They launched a chair. And I may share this on my story. I mean, it was just laughable. It looked like a chair from, like, the 1980s, like, in a classroom. A plastic chair, and it had the chronic just printed on the back of it, like the, the artwork. I was like, really? I mean, just laughable. Now, the coolest thing to come from all that was the guy, Jeremy, he linked up with Tony Hawk, and uh, Tony Hawk had posted, I think they did like a collab post, and uh, he was skating one of the chronic uh, skate decks, which was pretty awesome. And then they put some of the chronic music to it. Now, I thought, personally, you know, this year when they celebrated the 30th anniversary of Doggy Style, they did a box set where it was the the vinyl, but of course it's it's a little thicker, and when you get inside of it, you basically have just a different artwork and things like that. You know, it wasn't like a perfect launch, uh, or, or what they did, you know, what they created for that, you know, it was good, it wasn't perfect, but it covered a lot of the check marks, you know, to me... Uh, it had new artwork, kind of original artwork for every track by Joe Cool. Um, to me, they could have got with Daniel Jordan, who I've talked to on the phone that took the, the photos of Dre, and you know maybe brought him into the fold, maybe bring out some old concept photos or just something. I mean, to me, I thought they could have come up with something more, but they didn't, and it is what it is. Now, even uh, I think there were two or three different versions of the launch so far of the Masters, as they're calling it. And I think the last one, I went out to it the other day, and it's been out there a while. The skate decks, some of them are still available. I mean, it just kind of showed that, to me, it wasn't like what the fans really, really wanted. You know, they were looking for maybe re-release the album with, you know, some of the obscure B-sides, um, you know, puffing on blunts and Tanqueray and those kind of things, but they just, they, they didn't. Okay, so my rant's over. Love the chronic, love that time period, and I'm stoked that they did celebrate it in many ways, um, but there's more. And I'll say this, um, I, I mentioned earlier, I think my love of this album, a lot of it comes from not so much like 
the aggressiveness of Suge and kind of that era. I think some people were really into that. You know, the fact that it was like they were really running stuff, you know, and they turned into this like basically like Suge's running this stuff like a gang, right? Beating people up and, you know, Tupac gets killed, unfortunately. But it really brings me back to a time I remember watching the video, you know, recording it on VHS, stopping it, looking at the cars, you know, wondering one day, man, would I ever have a car that has hydraulics? Well, I got a 6.0 that's on air suspension, a blue one that reminds me a lot of the car that, you know, Dre's sitting on and in the inner sleeve and things like that. So I think it kind of helped shape some of my focus, you know, at that time. I wasn't really a mini trucker. I was coming out of the BMX bike, skateboard era, reading uh, video game magazines, dovetailing into the NWA era. You know, my, my shout out to the big homie, Paul Lane, one of my brothers from another mother, you know, got me into Compton's Most Wanted and all that stuff. And I just, you know, fell in love with all of that era. Now, Interscope, they announced something called Interscope Vinyl Collective. And the first drop was the Chronic in a new black jacket, green vinyl, and more. I thought this was cool. And again, you think about the companies, you know, it ended up being like $45 and you get this album and you go, well, how many times do you really need it? And you don't really need it. I think that's one of the bad things about collecting or collecting vinyl in general is you end up going, well, you know what, I want to get this one, or that's going to be rare, it's going to be hard to get, or the price is going to be double, I may as well just pay 45 bucks for it. The Interscope Vinyl Collective thing is a little different because they want you to buy in and pay that every month. And that the thought process is once a month, you're going to get what they ship out. Well, the ironic thing was you you buy into it, and it was like, I think a month has went by, and they haven't even shipped the second one, which is going to be Obi Trice. So, I bought into it just to get this album, and I thought it was pretty cool. Again, a black jacket. You have green vinyl. You also have um, the – there's like a the slip mat, which they're probably cheap to make. It's got the chronic leaf on it, and again, the green jacket. Uh, that's kind of really the only difference is I do uh, a comparison on YouTube, so if you want more, I talk about um, – there's a big thing that I think they missed on it. And that, again, is in the detail of the video that I did on YouTube. Now, this um, really blew my mind, right? So the next thing that we got was the Chronic Long Box CD. Some of you are going, well, what the hell is that? In the 80s into the early 90s, okay, so we're talking by, by April 93, the stuff was phased out. CDs, compact discs, used to come in these long boxes. And when CDs first came out, they said, well, look, we'll package this compact disc in this long CD box. And then the record shops, when they're um, merchandising the stuff in their store, you know, if you go into a record store and you're flipping through the vinyl, that vinyl is so many inches wide, right? Well, they could put two long box CDs side by side, and that was like the length of the vi- or the width of the vinyl, and, you know, you could just kind of go through them. And, you know, they thought as well, like, okay, well, if it's this is a compact disc and we're asking more money for it, let's give them the packaging that kind of makes it look cool, more artwork, blah, 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 right? So um, I never thought in a million years we'd see a reissue of a long box. Now, there's some video games that come in long boxes, like every once in a blue moon, like a long box 
will come out for some special edition thing, but n- nothing like in the original 80s, 90s format. So I was blown away. I looked at Record Store Day uh, for Black Friday. So I think they do two RSDs, Record Store Days per year, and one of those is a RSD Black Friday. So they dropped the Chronic um, bl- uh, long box CD, and that was super awesome to me. Now, a lot of people were like, really? I mean, it's record store day, and you're launching a compact disc. Who really wants a CD? I don't care. I thought it was cool. I thought the price point was fair, uh, 30 bucks. Uh, it was the official reissue is what the sticker says, the Chronic CD long box, rolling papers included. So one of the original long boxes, there were a couple of them. There were three that we know of. One of them, the flap opens in the front. You've got your Daniel Jordan photo there with Dre leaned up against the Impala, and then you had rolling papers. Now, I remember seeing this as a kid on uh, when Dre went on Arsenio Hall. I forget if that was late 92. I assume that it was, or early 93, but I remember seeing that, and I was like, man, that's cool. Uh, when I used to go to Walmart, I would look through, back in those days, You know, they sold everything, and I would look through all the CDs, and it was cool to see all of those long boxes. So I had to get that, and to be honest, that's probably one of my favorite things that they've ever launched. You know, they really, there hasn't been a lot of stuff. You know, there's a shirt here and there, you know, big deal. There's, you know, they reissue the cassette, you're like, big deal. You know, CD, the vinyl, digitally remastered, whatever. You know, it's just kind of like whatever, but this was very unique. So if it was someone at Interscope or it was someone at Death Row or, you know, who or Record Store Day, I know they push a lot of that stuff. Whoever came up with the idea, I mean, I'd love to see more of this stuff. Um, unfortunately, albums, you know, as we moved into 93, they didn't have that. But if you look back at some of the archive photos of like record stores in the 80s, or you watch like Kid and Play, I think it's House Party 2, and they're in a record store, you'll see long box CDs everywhere. Part of them being phased out was because they kind of said, well, it's wasteful. You know, this paper, most people ripped it open like a video game box, pulled the CD out, and you throw the box away because who keeps the boxes to anything? So, anyways, I think they made 4,000 of those. Um, they're still out there if you want to get one. Um, you can get them for pretty much retail. Uh, I don't know if they just didn't sell well in some cities. You'd imagine you know, some record stores probably ordered a few. But you know, you can get them. I've, I've seen them even less than retail. So uh, pretty cool. Uh, so that came. Now, if you want more on The Chronic, again, you can go to our YouTube channel and you can look at the Death Row tie-ins playlist. I try to add everything there. Now, I want to just kind of wrap this up with the top 10 things you may not know about The Chronic. So, without further ado, let's do this and then wrap this episode up. Number one, when Snoop says in G-Thang, okay, so nothing but a G-Thang, when he says perfection is perfected, so I'm going to let them understand. That is a nod to Fosum. Now, there's different things out there. What I can tell you is Fosum's first album is called Perfection. And based upon some of the group members at the time, my understanding was it was a diss towards one of those members. And I, and I don't want to say the person's name because I don't know 100%. But years later, when Fosum came out and their album was called Perfection, it kind of just hit me one day. And Snoop did record with Fosum early on. There is a uh, Fosum song as well on a special edition CD that they released. 
um, that has that track on it. Uh, if you go on uh, YouTube or Google, and um, there's a Snoop Dogg song um, it, it, with Fosa, but it's called Let Them Understand. So perfection is perfection, so I'm going to let them understand. And that, again, I think was a it was a nod to Fosum, but I think it was also a little bit of a, uh, you know, maybe a diss to one of the guys that had left that had parted ways with them. But, yes, pretty cool. I did want to talk to Fosum about it, but, again, they did mention, hey, it's kind of a long story with the whole Snoop thing, and, you know, we don't really have the time to kind of break all that down. So certainly, out of respect, I didn't bring that up. But just know... Perfection is perfected by Snoop does tie into Fosum. Now, something I've talked about, and I'd love to get Daniel on. If Daniel, if you happen to hear this, huge shout out, much love, much respect. What was it, a year ago? We, we were on the phone like an hour shooting the crap, and he's more of a down-the-earth, kind of does-his-own-thing guy, doesn't really want the limelight. Um, so certainly for him to take the time and, and realize I was a huge fan uh, it was pretty cool to talk with them. But Daniel Jordan took the iconic cover photo as well as the inner sleeve, what I call lowrider photo, uh, plus more that have not been released, including a totally different concept for the album before the chronic theme was decided upon. So uh, pretty cool. Now, there's a couple of collectors that I really, really, really follow on Instagram, and it's just amazing to me what some of these guys have collected. Um, for instance, one is called Just Rock The, T-H-A, Beat. Just how it sounds, Just Rock The, but it's T-H-A, Beat. And I think he's even in Germany. This guy's collection is unbelievable. And I say that because um, I have seen, uh, people haven't shared a lot, but there are also a couple of other photos. And Daniel, these are maybe the ones you have. I've seen like um, a small corner of photos that um f- from that same photo shoot where Dre's Impala's like backed up in a corner and I think he's like in a corner um so I think Daniel took you know more than those few photos but of course that's what we've seen and if Daniel ever releases them or they ever come to light I'd love to own one and uh of course share those but um little tidbit there was some confusion by another photographer that thought that he took the photos his photos were for the 187 deep cover track uh for the single and i don't know 30 years goes by maybe he was confused and he had said you know on his website that he took the photos and i was able to share that information and daniel was able to get that rectified and that was taken down so uh shout out to daniel again much love much respect but he took the photos of Dr. Dre for this album. Now, the cover, I shared this in social media under the hashtag TheChronic31. The cover is a nod to ZigZag, the cigarette rolling papers. Uh, There's a lot of information. This is typically going to be at most of your top 10 things. This is on a Los Angeles magazine. Uh, Three things you may not have known about Dr. Dre's The Chronic. It says, as zigzag history would have it, a French soldier first thought to roll tobacco and paper after his clay pipe was uh, struck and broken by a bullet. The soldier's likeness to a is now a major part of zigzag logo. Dre, of course, they swap out the soldier's image for his own, creating the album art that is particularly... Um, 
alike um, considering the LP's title, so it kind of tied in perfectly. Now, I believe her name was Kimberly Holt. She did the art direction. So you should imagine these different people at the labels, you know, they would kind of work through these concepts marketing-wise and whatnot. Uh, Daniel did confirm to me in the past that there was another concept. I think it was scrapped in turn for the chronic artwork that we know today. Now, when the album launched, here's the next one. On streaming platforms, it was only original or only originally available on Apple Music. This had to do with Dr. Dre's partnership with Apple, which led to Apple purchasing Beats by Dre from Dre and Jimmy Iovine. Now, this is something you may not know. This is kind of like a bonus. Dre lost $200 million on that deal. And it actually has to do a little bit with P. Diddy, which is crazy. But... Um, the deal was almost going to fall through potentially. Uh, Tyrese shared a video as they were in the studio hanging out, and he was like the first billionaire of hip hop. Diddy sees it, and he calls up Jimmy Iovine and says, "What the hell's going on? They're reporting this already." Apple was possibly not going to do the deal. They came back to the table, and I think instead of like one point two billion, it was like. They, they said, okay, we'll, we'll buy it for a billion or something. So you go, well, what's $200 million? But still, I'd be pissed off if my friend cost me $200 million. Uh, I think Dre was in the video too. Maybe he didn't know Tyrese was going to release it. But regardless, bottom line, when the album first came out for streaming, and when I say that, I'm talking about like in the last 10 years. I do believe back in 2011 it was available. Um, there's an article on Rolling Stone about it was available. But that might have that was like pre in the era that I call today the normal streaming era that we have, um, for the most part, if that makes sense. Now, although the album launched on Apple Music in 2015, it later launched on more platforms. So, ironically enough, April 20th for 20, 2020, um, the album then made its way uh, to other streaming platforms, and that was a huge win. Uh, which was pretty cool. And I think that had to do with the deal that uh, Dre did with UMG um, to, to, to force it to, to be released on other uh, platforms. So however he worked around that, you know, maybe it was a couple years Apple had the exclusive. That used to happen in the past. But uh, certainly um, it then came out to all streaming services on uh, April 2020. Now here was the crazy thing. That happened only for it to be removed again in the near future, and that had to do with Snoop buying Death Row Records. Okay, So this year, the album in February, it was announced that it was coming back to streaming. Ironically enough, I think that that forced the hand of Snoop because Snoop was still trying to push the NFT stuff. He's, you know, just this week he was making statements about, you know, we're not making enough money on the streaming and all this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, he just hired a lady that is going to help with the publishing and things like that. But bottom line is the NFT stuff is, I don't know, that to me that's not going to work with this kind of stuff. Many of us have bought these albums over and over again. And it's like we don't want to go spend $20 again to buy it. So, with Dre doing some of the legal actions he did, he got the album back on streaming, and then Death Row Catalog kind of followed behind that. Okay, the next one, as we move forward, so we can round these out. So I think we're on number 
five or six. There's a track on the album, The Day These Homies Took Over. So I've edited that, of course. The Day These Homies Took Over. That was originally titled Mr. Officer. And from what I've read, they basically took that track and they changed it. If you think back to that time with Time Warner and Sire Records, um, you know, and Ice-T, he had a highly controversial song at that time that was pulled from the album, uh, a killer song, if you will. Uh, they, my take is that they probably didn't want the extra pressure. So what they did is they changed the track uh, and it was called Mr. Officer, but that's what became the day these homies took over. Now, the original track launched on a, um, when Suge put out the Chronic 2000 compilation, he basically leapfrogged Dre on his next album. That's a whole other video. And um, kind of bitterness, frustrated, whatever. And they included that Mr. Officer track, kind of the original concept of it. So it is out there on YouTube. But Mr. Officer was uh, the original name. The track, of course, goes on to be released as the day these homies took over and you can check it out. It's on the Suge Knight Presents. Again, compilation. The only thing is that is not available for streaming, even though it came out in the death row era. For whatever reason, you can't make this stuff up. Some is, some isn't. Now, this may blow your mind. Although The Chronic is regarded as one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time, Dre's next album, 2001, outsold it. So there is a hiphopmusic.fandom article where it says the album peaked at number three on the Billboard 200. It had been certified triple platinum by the Recording Industry Association with over three million sales in the U.S., which led Dre to becoming one of the top ten best-selling American performing artists of 1993. Now, from what I can tell, um, it's only been certified at 5.7 million, and often the record companies, they have to do the legwork to get these recertified. Uh, but if you look at some of the other numbers that I found, uh, and you, you, I mean, it sold millions in, in, um, and we're talking about 2001 album here. Um, it sold millions in Canada and these different countries and stuff. So to me, the bottom line is the 2001 album that many of us call chronic 2001. And I'm going to do a whole video on that. That's a confusing topic. Uh, thanks to Suge Knight, in my opinion. But um, so so 2001 album sold more than The Chronic, which is kind of crazy. They're both great. I'm a fan of The Chronic even more, but I love 2001. So I don't know, just a fun fact, maybe a thing you didn't know. Next, Warren G, of course, does the D's Nuts intro, which is so widely known, kind of a pop culture thing. But did you know... When uh, Warren was on a podcast with Talib Kweli, uh, he spoke about the infamous intro, and he kind of basically just said, hey, he said, yo, Dre, give me the equipment, and he called this girl, and he asked her the question, and he recorded it, and he said it was very basic, but that's what you hear. So a lot of people, I think, they skip that track because they might hear the intro, and then they skip it. They go, well, I've heard this a million times, but don't forget, that track is one of the underrated tracks on the album, D's Nuts. So, yes, it has that intro, but the track itself, the music that they that they create is awesome. Okay, uh, we're going to wind it down here with a couple more. Originally, the track, Deep Cover, also widely known as 187, as I mentioned earlier, 
was slated to be on this album. We know this due to some leaked handwritten notes that surfaced over the past year that detailed um, that had details about the packaging, the track list, etc. Now those notes, those notes sold. I was intending to buy them, but they were kind of a little pricey, more than I wanted to spend for some handwritten notes that could have just been a copy. Um, they didn't look like a copy, but I thought to myself, you know, for the amount of money the guy was asking. I asked him where he got them, and he said he had purchased a storage container, and they were in there, and uh, it was from one of the executives or something at the time. I think her initials are on different spots, but um, clearly you could see that it was pen writing, but it gave us a little bit of insight, and some of the things that we pretty much knew or assumed um, on the album, it was going to be track seven, and it was it was going to be called 187 Um, okay? Ironically... Eze used this 187 um on an EP that he later released, right? A few years later, uh, which was called "It's On Dr. Dre 187 Um Killa." Okay, did Eze do this on purpose? As it as Dre, if you think about it, the track that replaces the 187 um on this album becomes "Bitches Ain't Shizit," right? "Bitches Ain't Shit." So that's the title of the track. Um, but if you listen to that track, you know, he disses easy on it pretty good. Rest in peace to easy. So I thought to myself, man, you know, easy knew all these guys. So he probably knew the track was going to be on there. Then it wasn't. And then does he put that on there on his album or EP to kind of go, Hey, ha ha ha. This didn't make it to the, the album. I don't know. Kind of a deep thought there, but definitely possible. We end up with 16 tracks on The Chronic, um, and it's often regarded as a hidden track, which is Bitches Ain't Shit, which is not hidden, so to speak, okay? It's just not listed on most of the packaging of the album. So if you look at the track list, you don't see that. Now, if I really think about it, it could really be a hidden track because the outro is called The Roach, The Chronic Outro. To me... That seems to wrap the album up nicely, right? Boom, with a bow. And then the last track seems out of place to me, which is Bitches Ain't Shit, like they just threw it on there as an afterthought. You know, was it possibly an issue with Solar where they couldn't secure the track 187 them at the very end or whatever, and then they said, or they didn't want to pay the fee or whatever it was, and then they just throw on that track? I don't know. Um, If anyone happens to know, let me know. But uh, it's just one of those things that I think if you know Dre and you know how he sequences albums and he puts he puts so much time into making a story of an album, it does seem out of place to me. But who really knows? The ironic thing that one eight seven track does eventually resurface in the future on the Death Row singles collection was relaunched launched in two thousand six. Twenty three hard to find classics from the vault of rap's most infamous label. And the 187 remix. And I think that's maybe how they got around being able to use it. It's the deep cover remix. I don't know. Last one, Snoop explains who came up with the chronic. There's a video on YouTube uh, for Snoop's, um, his actual YouTube channel. Snoop Dogg TV or whatever. And he does the GGN or something like that. And he is talking to Seth Rogen. And he talks about a white boy came, he had some stuff called hydroponic, but 
we got so mother effing high, homies said hydrochronic, and that's when we started calling it chronic. And then Seth asks him, is that where it came from? He says, in a bon- this is Snoop, in abonics, we always got our own way of saying stuff and translating what we thought we heard. Snoop adds, and that's the way we thought we heard it. So, some white boy talking about hydroponic, and Snoop hears chronic, and 31 years later, I'm rambling on for an hour about an album that you guys are probably like, damn, that's way too much information, and I totally agree. If I put you to sleep, my apologies. If you stayed with me to the end, thank you very much. Everyone, have a safe Christmas. Spend the time with your family, health and wellness first. Of course, family first as well, right up there. And uh, do what you do. Thank you guys again. Thanks, Randy, for coming on. Biggity Mike, the mayor, for making a few minutes. Happy Born Day again. Hope Shannon had a great Born Day. And we'll talk to you guys at the very end of the year with the next episode. We out ya. Yo, so we're going to wrap this up. I re-recorded that entire segment, and when I was transferring the file, it deleted. So I ran with a longer segment. I cut it down about 30 minutes, but that's what happens when you're podcasting sometimes. Listen, everyone, we're not going to drop an episode for a couple weeks. So uh, have a great Christmas, and spend some time with the fam. Put the phones down. Live in the moment if that's what you want to do. And have a great Christmas. Lord willing, we'll drop another episode in two weeks, which will be on December 29th. We've got to thank our title sponsor, Scraping the Coast, for all of the support. We'll see you guys out there in Biloxi late June 2024. Of course, before then, we'll be at Lone Star Throwdown, vending, as well as Southeast Mini Truck and Nationals. Don't forget to come out to Mini Nats for um, the 30th anniversary. I cannot believe the amount of people that are coming to the event. Come on out. It's going to be insane in the brain. Everyone, Merry Christmas. Stay on the rise. We out you.